Well, welcome to another episode of the Good Old Sports Podcast presented by RNA Media in partnership with the Tri County Press. It's another Monday, a lot of sports to break down and get to, and we're here for you in East Texas. Yep, man. Uh, I'm excited, man. This this past weekend was very, very tiresome for one. But it was very uh, awarding in uh, the, the type of the games we got to see and then those in the surrounding areas around us. Um, we uh, we have some some very uh, mind, mind-boggling scores and wins that, that came out over the weekend. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm ready to jump into it. Um, who do we, we want to start with this week? Well, uh, let's start game. with the well. Let's start with the game that we covered. Yeah, let's start. Uh, Dangerfield, Dangerfield over Elysian Fields, fifty-four to six. And let me just say that is the worst Elysian Fields team I have seen in quite some time. Uh, they, I mean, they don't have a lot of team speed. They've got some guys that'll play hard, uh, but you, you've lost a lot over the last couple of years. You've got a new head coach after uh, Coach Ford retired. You know, trying to implement some some different philosophies on offense. A lot of the same formations, but some different ways that he's wanting to run out of it, and different philosophies. Uh, and it, you know, from the Dangerfield side, what I saw a lot of was just athleticism. I mean, speed, speed, and more speed. <laughs> That's all it was, man. Elysian Fields. One of the things that I noticed about them is uh, Friday night. Kind of irked me was, you know, them just going up to the ball and just running the clock down. It, it, they really drew the game out longer than what it should have been. Now, they were going to lose either way, um, but they just drew it drew out the time. And it, I, I've seen it happen uh, because, you know, we've watched teams like Pleasant Grove and Pittsburgh and other teams that are I don't know if they're running teams, but teams that are running teams that, you know, want to run the clock down, hold on to the ball, control the ball as long as they can, you know, that's done with a purpose. But well, well, I think Fields, Friday night was a purpose, and that was if we're going to have – because what, what Elysian Fields tried to do was more of a power running game out of the shotgun. Okay, it wasn't your typical pounding ground, yeah. but it was still a power running game. They did a lot of zone. Uh, they tried a couple of uh, – Sweeps there, things like that. But uh, some read plays with the quarterback. So the the intention was still the same. Elysian Fields looked at Danger Field. They said, "Listen, we don't have their team speed. We're not going to stop them. The only chance we have is to play keep away. You know, let's see if we can do that." Uh, and they, they they just weren't able to. You know, no. tip. You, that's not typically what you see out of a team that's running out of the spread. You know, we're not used to that. But it's still the same mentality, same philosophy. It's just that EF didn't have the line play to pull that off. No. Uh, you know, I haven't seen a lot of them, uh, but I, I, I can't imagine that they expect to win a lot of ball games. With that pounding ground type, considering the the lines that they have, yeah. I mean, that's not their strength. Well, and they, and they have zero team speed. Exactly, and going up against Dangerfield, I mean, you, that's only to be expected. Uh, but Dangerfield, other than you know, Legion Legion Fields just not being a good team, Dangerfield is overly athletic, and it seemed like they've moved some more guys up 
and they just got more athletic. The the only team we've seen that could really match. Well, I mean, center did late in that ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being able to put out fresh bodies, being a larger school, and then you had Timpson. Yeah, Timpson. I mean, just took it to them, and, and those are the only two that we've seen that even that, could compare. You know, athletically exactly. to them, and that that says a lot for Dangerfield because you know them being a lower three A school. Uh, being able to match up with teams like Timpson and uh, Timpson is a uh, two-way school, but they're really good to it. <laughs> they're, they're the, they're, Timpson, barring something odd, this Timpson team will go down as the the best Timpson team in in two-way history. Yeah, I mean they're just crazy. That quarterback Bussy, uh, I mean he's just. I would I would I don't want to dub anybody unstoppable, but. He's close. He's darn near close, and, yeah. And he's as close to, you know he's got the football and he's coming yeah. at you. But but uh, back to that point, just the fact that, I mean, Dangerfield was in that ball game for a while. Yeah. You know, against a team like that, Dangerfield is very athletic. I, I don't see anybody upcoming that's really going to challenge that. You know, you're going to get the playoffs, different atmosphere. You've got Newton. Newton's going to be a very tough, tough yeah. out in the playoffs. Uh, you, you're... You know, you're going to have a, a team here and a team there within the region that might, you know, give you a game. Right. Uh, but I, I honestly see them running away with the the regional championship for sure. And I would expect them to play Gunner in the state championship football game. I, I don't see I, what would keep that from happening. I will say, and this is another positive for Dangerfield, is their quarterback. Now, I know we, you know, I've talked to you about this uh Couple of times, mm-hmm. their quarterback. He's only uh, Chase Johnson. He's only a uh, sophomore. Started last year and late in the playoff round against uh, Wascom. Came in the in regional late. final game. Yeah, the regional you final mean, game. Late in the third uh, round playoff game against West Rest. Yeah. Then has to start the regional final game against Wascom. I mean, it's not just any slappy team. No, it's Wascom. And you know how he played in that game does not. Didn't, does not show the type of player he is as of today. No, not, because not even close. he, I mean, the kid has, I don't know if he's, I can't say he improved, because any freshman, he was a freshman then, thrown in a regional round playoff, say, hey, you're going to be starting against this team. There's a lot of nerves. There's a lot of, you know, jitters. And you could see that in that game. When I have seen he's improved in his decision making. He made some passes in that ball game against Wascom. Yeah, weren't smart. Uh, he he's gotten better about not thinking he's got to make every play. Right you know, against Wascom, he would just tuck it and go. You know, and they would have the linebacker spying him, and that was it. You know, just yeah. stuff out the play. Uh, and you can see the confidence level. From the coaching staff has improved with him because the play calling has changed. In that game, I mean, it was sideline to sideline, a bunch of mm-hmm. dump passes, some bubble screens, things like that. Right. And now it's become, hey, let's actually open up the playbook. Let's run our offense. Yeah. You know, you you've had you you've got that experience in the playoffs. You know what that's like. Now you've had you know all spring and summer to work this out. And, and we've seen a marked improvement at the quarterback position, which to me is the biggest key to Dangerfield. If that quarterback can play well, you've, you've got the receivers, you've got a, run, a, a good running back, yeah. you got a decent offensive line you know, to protect and, and create some space there for, for you to, to make plays. Yeah. And so to me, the key was, okay, can he you know, mature as a quarterback quickly 
and get them to where they need to be if they're going to win in you know this region. Yeah. And, and he's done that. I mean, he's done everything. And and, and that's where teams uh, or, or fan bases forget. You're going to go as far as your quarterback goes. Yeah. Period. I don't care how many good receivers. I don't care you know what kind of running back. I don't care. Any, you're going as far as your quarterback can take you. Yeah, and I'm not saying that you got to have a gunslinger quarterback. You can run offense, and your quarterback can still mess that up by not making the right reads if it's an option uh, offense, or not getting the handoff, or or you know get the yeah. gears. He can still ruin it for you. So again, I say you've got to have at least a quarterback who's not going to lose the ball game. Right, and one of the things that I've noticed is you know he's become a lot more poised. You know, mm-hmm. for a sophomore. And you know, being how young, being the age that he is, and experience-wise, I don't know what uh, you know the coaches have taught, you know, worked with him on. Mm-hmm. But it's just like you said, the coaches have rallied around him. They've supported him, yeah, and they've given him better options, and it it, it makes it better. As like you said, he has a good receiving core. Mm-hmm. He has a good running back. He has an uh, as in my opinion, a better offensive line. It, they're uh, better than last yeah, year. Yeah, better in blocking, keeping him protected, and just doing things. But when that happens, you know, he has no other choice but to be, okay, now that I can relax, I know my teammates can cover me if, you know, mm-hmm. anything goes wrong, I'm able to make plays. I mean, we've seen it. He's just airing it out there when he can. Yeah. And, and nine, not eight or nine times out of ten, you know, he's hitting his target. Mm-hmm. And so... That's a big plus. I mean, big uh, plus for Dangerfield is um, you have those athletes. They're not just athletes to be able to make things happen, but they're actually good uh, ball players. You know, they're very skilled in what they do. He's made smarter decisions. Yeah. And, and when you get the playoffs, that's what want, it comes about, yeah. down to is what quarterback can stay calm. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, it might be a busted play, but I'm not going to do anything dumb here. They could cause a turnover, and that, I mean, yeah. and, and you see that in him, and so I'm excited to see. And, and if if you're Dangerfield, you you've got to be excited about where this team could possibly go. Don't buy into it. Yeah. You know, play week to week. Understand that hey, we've we've got to win games to get where we want to go. Exactly. exactly. But also have that in mind that hey, we have the potential. We've just got to play up to it. Right. Uh, and, because not every team in the state is in position. Uh, to to make a run like Dangerfield is, I mean, it's just, that's just the reality of it. So you've got to understand, yeah, we can make this, but we have to win the ball games, right. and I think that that's going to be key because you look at uh, the rest of their schedule, and we're you know they've got we'll talk about this in a second, but they've got Queen City, you know, coming up. You know, that's not a competitive ball game. Uh, then you you do have Wascom now, right. you know, but. That's a down Wascom team. That's not going to be your typical, you know, Coach Keeling's not there. I understand that they brought Coach Pearson back, who was a defensive coordinator when they were winning state championships, and he's tried his best, but that that's a down Wascom squad. Yeah. Then you've got a very down Harmony squad on the back end. You know, so you, you, you've got to look at it, and, and the key for, for this bunch is, you know, you blow through the district. That's great. You you did what you were supposed to do, and I understand. Everybody's like, "Well, that's a weak district." Yeah, but you, if you do what you're supposed to do, that's okay. Yeah. As long as you're blowing those teams out like you're supposed to, you can walk away and feel feel like, "Hey, we're doing what we're supposed to." You can only play whoever's on your schedule. Right. But 
as a coaching staff now, you've got to make sure that the killer mentality stays there. But hey, that first round game may be a, a blowout, but by the time you get to the second, third, and fourth rounds, those aren't guaranteed 50-point wins. You know, you're going to have those tight games. You're going to have those games where it's going to come down to don't turn the football over here. You know, mm-hmm. make a good special teams play here. You know, right. those things, those little things. And, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. They think, okay, well, we're more athletic. We're more this. We're just going to blow everybody out. No. Uh, well, you know, at, at some point, though, it's going to come down to those things. And, and people don't understand sometimes the process. The, even though, yeah, you won by 50. You've got to find something, and this is the key. You've got to find something to correct. Right. You've got to you've got to go over that film with a fine tooth comb, uh, fine tooth comb, and you've got to find something on that film to get on them about. People say, "Well, that's 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 no, that's where you have to get them ready for the games that that are going to be tough." Right. If you let them walk around thinking we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Somebody's going to get hungry in the playoffs, punch them in the mouth, and they're not going to know how to respond. You've got to keep that from happening. You know, you've got to stay hungry. You've got to stay in a position where we're going to get better every week to get ready for what we want our ultimate goal yeah. to be. And and to me, that's the key for Dangerfield right now. Yeah. Well, you said something. You know, you got to be. You know, stay hungry. Uh, that's the key to to being. Uh, better every week. I mm-hmm. mean, regardless of how far you may go, you got to remain hungry. You got to ha- keep that appetite for win, winning and being better. Uh, and it's, it's some of those things that I've seen, you know, as we've uh, been in you know this business and we've watched teams, it's things that we, you know, that we've seen that some, most, some of those teams lack is being hungry. You know, they want to win, but they don't know how to win. And that, it's not like they're hungry enough to go and get it. Yeah, no. And, you know, they missed the mark. And so, you know, you're right. You got, Dangerfield has to stay hungry. They have to keep that appetite. They say, hey, I, we want to get better. Mm-hmm. Let's go out and win. But if we're going to be better, we got to be able to uh, be able and willing to uh, correct those, even those minor mistakes. Because those minor mm-hmm. mistakes, if you keep going, can turn into big mistakes. Yes. And cause disaster. And so, yeah, you're right. They got to stay hungry and they got to be willing and able to work through those and correct those minor mistakes, even if they, if they find them, even in the big wins. Yeah, like you say, I mean, and, you know, that that's going to be key for Dangerfield. Just just focus, stay there, yeah. move forward game after game. Yes. Uh, Pewitt falls to New Boston 50-48. to They're still winless, right? You know, I don't know... Um, what the expectation is in Pewitt at this point. You've got to at least beat Prairie Land. You've got to beat Paris Chisholm. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'll say I say the same thing that I say uh, with them that I say about Pittsburgh. You can't assume anything. You, yeah. you can't go into any game assuming a win. I, I don't know what the future holds for, for Paul Pewitt. And here's why I say that. Because we you know we've been told that Right now, they're uh, more than six kids under the two A yeah. count. Yeah, it you know that that's not a community where people are just dying to move in. It's not a growing area. Mm-mm. Not at all. I, that's but, not 
okay, you know, maybe maybe they look at that situation. They go, okay, we got to move on. You know, this is Coach Dorsey's second year there. We got to move on. Uh, may, maybe you do that, uh, but does that help? I don't know. I it, it, to me, it's going to come down to what do they want to do character wise. You know, what do they see on that end of it? It's yeah. not going to be a one wins and losses firing. You know, it's not going to be about your wins and losses. No, it's going to be about what do they. See on the inside, and those those are things. You know, we see some things on Friday. We're not we're not in the locker room. Nobody is. So I mean, we, people need to stop that speculation right now. That you know, you're not in there. Right. You, you don't know what goes on day to day. I mean, you can see some things that make you wonder. You know, and make yeah. you question. But but you're not in there. So I'm not I'm not here to to get into that side of it. But and, and this is something. That, that to me, uh, and I'm, I'm going to go and bring in Pittsburgh here because they were the next score anyways. So they got beat by Pleasant Grove 35 nothing. Yeah. You know, okay. That was expected. You go to Pleasant Grove. Pleasant Grove's not great, but but I expected that. Here Here's the bigger conversation. And, and the two schools I'm going to loop into this conversation are going to be uh, Pewitt and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some tough conversations moving forward about the expectations for your team and that job. Yeah. You don't have kids moving into Paul Pewitt. That's not going to happen. No. The best that you can hope for is to drop down, and then maybe you start looking at, okay, what coach puts us in a position to succeed at the 2A Division One level? Okay. If you, you're Pewitt. Yeah, you say that, but... It's no. It's a known fact that Pruitt doesn't want to get rid of Comro, right? Yeah, but but I don't think he's there. But I mean, Coach Comro's been. This is his forty sixth year. He's not going to be there forever. Yeah, and I don't see Pruitt going anywhere in a spread because they don't, they don't have a quarterback to be able to. Do and so. they they never will. They, yeah. They're not going to no. So that's the nut. That's another issue is the quarterback they have this year. He's a senior. Yeah, he's a good. He's good athlete. So who? What happens next year? And that's you know. And you can't play. They had to move all their JV up. They yeah. haven't played a JV schedule. You're not developing a quarterback. No. So I mean, it's it's like you're you're almost like they're stuck in a cycle, never ending cycle. And, and and this is something I didn't ever think Pewitt would come to. You know, they they've had some down years, yeah. but it almost now looks like the future's not there. And and that's what I'm I'm saying. You you're gonna have to sit down. And have a conversation. Right. And maybe you don't move on from Coach Dorsey. He's been there. The people like him. Maybe you don't. But even if you do, let's say that you do. Because here, here's the mistake that a lot of people make. Oh, we got a new coach. We're going to start winning. Well, is he going to bring in a plethora of players? Is he going to bring in a quarterback? Is he going to bring in... You know, what? what, what yeah. where, where are you headed? And that's what I'm saying. At some point, uh, communities and school boards and administrations have got to get realistic about the future of their school. Right. And when they get realistic about the future of their school, then they can get realistic about the future of their athletic program. Right. You know, if you're not going to have kids moving in, if you're not going to be able to develop those guys, the best you can hope for is get through this year, get through next year, and then maybe you drop down. Yeah. And then maybe you can compete down there. Uh, that, that, to me... Uh, seems to be the best path moving forward for Pewitt is let's not get just slaughtered every night. 
Let's try and stay in some ball games. Let's hope that in two years we get moved down and maybe we can compete. Now, I'm going to bring up the same thing for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Not that they're going to drop down. That's not going to happen. Make, you know, the best they can hope for is that they stay Division Two, um, And that uh, Carthage moves up and, and maybe Gilmer gets some move-ins and they have to go up. But I'm going to say the same thing about... And, and, and it's not quite as bleak in Pittsburgh as it is Pewitt. Don't misunderstand me here. But it's not like Pittsburgh's got just a ton of stud athletes waiting in the wings. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. At some point, you, you, you've you got to get realistic. Right. And say, are we really a football town? Are we really a town that can expect and put these, these expectations on our coach? Or... Or are we a town that needs to be okay with making the playoffs and seeing what happens? That's the kind of conversations that have to happen. Right. And then you, from there, you've got to find a coach that's okay with that. Because yeah. at, at the end of the day, you know, are you going to get another job if you stay at a school that's a middle to, to lower end playoff team? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's tricky. And, and, and I, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to to bring a different perspective to our show was I want people to get a little bit of a peek behind the curtain uh, with the coaching side of things. Because, like I said, people just think it's plug and play with these coaches. That's not always the case. If you don't have athletes coming up, if you don't have guys that can run your your, your system, and everybody's like, oh, well, just change the system. Some coaches, that's not their personality. That's not, you know... For uh, in Pittsburgh, for instance, it is not Coach Abrams' personality as a man or as a football coach to start running an offense or, or running a defensive scheme that's about zone plays and dancing around and looking cute. That's not him. Yeah. He he wants to play physical football on both sides. He wants to come at you. Now you can do that, like I said, offensively. You can do that from different systems. I'm not saying that. But everybody's like, oh, just change it for the Jimmys and Joes. Then go get a different coach. Like, go get a right. coach that wants to do that. You cannot uh, bend a coach's arm into doing something that he's not comfortable with that doesn't fit him. And, and that's where I think that these school, some of these schools, and I, I, I'm just talking about Pittsburgh and Pute because we've covered them. Uh, that can be said there's several schools in Texas that need to start having these conversations as towns start to die down and things yeah. happen, is now you've got to start having those tough conversations about who are we and where are we headed. Right. And I'll say this also is to tag on to that, you know, you talk about, you know, the town's not growing, especially in Pewitt. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, we cover, we, we cover these teams and we do this show because we want to shed light on, you know, some of these towns uh, in East Texas, you know, that have, you know, good football players. Yeah. You know, Good towns, but you know the downside of those t- of this thing is they're not growing. They don't grow, and so when you don't grow, your schools, your uh, athletic programs, and all this stuff, it goes down because you don't have kids moving in, you don't have families moving in. Nobody's busting down doors to get there. Yeah, and so when that happens, you just like you said, you have to be able to sit down and say, "Okay, look, guys, here's the thing. This is what we need." This is what's going on right now, and this is and this is how we have to fix it. 
Pewitt is, as I've said before, is one of the most disappointing programs that I've seen because they have, you know, what they need that they could win. It's just that they're not winning. Right. And this the it's the weirdest thing because they've been in more games than they have been out of games. Yeah, they, it's not like they're getting blown out. No, of these they've been in, in games more than they've been out of them. I and. And it's almost like they're just missing that extra little kick or push. Yeah. Um, and then Pittsburgh, on the other hand, and you it's know, it's not been in a bunch of points. No, games. they're not. Even they're points. not. They're not competing at all. And matter of fact, the only one they had any chance of competing in was the first game of the season against Mount Pleasant. Yeah. But that was still a bad, sloppy played game. And that was not as close as the score indicated. No, Mount Pleasant had every opportunity to dominate that football. It's, yeah. Game. It, it. But. It's just like you said, and, and you know, I I agree with you. Pittsburgh and and, and, and Coach Abron, the type of players that they have, to an extent, they fit what he wants to do. But I I don't think that they're there yet where he thinks they should be. You know, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh isn't as they're not physical. Yeah, they're not physical. They don't have the, they don't have a lot of speed or. Any speed? Well, I won't say any, but they don't have a lot of speed. They got what two two players really in reality? Yeah. Uh, two, yeah, yeah, two in reality that have any speed at all. And that's it. You don't have athletes. The last time that Pittsburgh had athletes like the, like they could just nearly kick up, pick up, pick off the sideline, say, "Hey, you go in," and they do great or good. That was back in eighteen when you know they went to uh, the regional finals and. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, they the the athlete athleticism just is kind of it's not dying out, but in this season they don't have it. Well, I okay, you say it's not dying out, but I mean, you look across the board. I won't say because you have we haven't watched the the younger kids yet. We haven't watched us. So I don't really know. We know of a few. I know a few. So yeah, and that's, a few athletes. Yeah, I know of a few coming up. Um, but as of right now, on, would you even look at some of their sub varsity scores? They're they're yeah. It's not like they're dominating ball games down there. No, it, but I, I just I, I don't know what it'll take. You but you like you said you have to have those tough conversations because if you don't, then nothing will ever change. Yeah, exactly. So, and if you're Coach Abram, I love that guy. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great football coach. Of course, of course. But you gotta also understand from his perspective. Okay, coming into to this job, he was defensive coordinator at Sulphur Springs when state championship there. You know, has some good defenses. Finally, gets his crack at a head coaching job with Paul Pewitt. Right, right. He gets in there. You know, ter- starts getting them on the upswing. His first year takes him to the state championship game. Should have won that ball game. Didn't. You know, that's a whole different conversation. Not his fault. Kids, you know, just missed assignments that kind of thing. But he did it. So now he's the hot commodity. Now he's the coach that everybody wants because he got them turned back around. He, he infused it. He showed what he could do. Goes to Bahia. Turns that thing around after a year. Has some problems with administration, which is what happens in small towns. Looking for a job, he's still a hot commodity. Pittsburgh picks him off. Now all of a sudden, if he leaves last year, he's still a hot commodity. Mm-hmm. Coming off of what I think is going to be a, you know, two and nine year, 
you're not as hot of a commodity. You're still a commodity. Yeah. Nobody's you know no nobody's looking and going okay. You're not a good football coach, but you're like eh, okay. Can he sustain like success? That that would be the question. Not yeah. saying he can't. That's going to be a question. If he stays another year and he has another year like this year, now all of a sudden the phone calls quit coming. Yeah. Now it becomes hey, you want to be a defensive coordinator again? Like you quit getting the head coaching calls. Like at some point those calls quit coming in. And yeah. you've got to be careful in the coaching business that you don't put yourself in a position where you can't get another job. Right. And and that's where for him personally, he you know, he's gotta be thinking, okay, what do I he's gotta to have to be realistic about what he's got coming up to so that he doesn't put himself in a position where he can't go get a job somewhere else. And I agree, you know, to to the point where you would hate to see something like that happen to a guy like him. Exactly. And the sad part about it is it's not his fault. No. He was brought in. He, I'll be honest, and I don't care if somebody hears this that's in the administration. He was completely misled. I don't know what he was told, but anybody that told him that they were in a win now, you know, and he had this, he could had years of success ahead of him. I don't know if they didn't know football or what. Given some inf- some inside information that we know, mm-hmm. you know, we both know, we know that. A lot of those guys on the board, they don't know football. Never played. Some of them never played. They don't know football. Yeah. And and we're not trying to dog the school board. No, but it's, a, but it's listen, the reality this, of it. This show is about truth and reality. Yeah. The reality of, you know, is they don't know football. You know, they skipped up, uh, missed, skipped on some great opportunities, you know, in, in head coaches. We that Like well, I said, we well, both know. I, I, I long for the day when we can release some names. Yeah, I long for that because we're not joking with anybody. We're no. not with we have. I long for the day when, and, and after the next coach, we can. Like, yeah, it, it'll take one. You know, Coach Abrams gonna have to leave. The next coach they hire, I've, I've got some names for you. Yeah, and these aren't just names. But these are big time big names. names. You know, these are come in win a state championship right out the gate names. Yeah, and so you know. That's obvious. That's the obvious thing. They don't know football. And it, it was said to be a part of a, a community pick. That's what it was. But it wasn't. No. But back to the point was he didn't come into, like you said, the best athletic pros uh, program with the most athletic players and the most athletic players to come up. Now, they are good. They have talent, you know, mm-hmm. but they're not athletic, you know. And so, given give and take, you go what two and eight, two and nine. Yeah, two and nine, two and nine. If you if you win two games, you're going to go to the playoffs. Yes, yeah. and as I told you earlier, I I somewhat give Pittsburgh the benefit of the doubt because they're a young team. These are the you have a lot, or if not all of the most most of all of the freshman team from last year that are playing and starting varsity this year, and so these kids don't have. A, other than one, which is one of the running back or fullback, who have experience on varsity. Mm-hmm. They've never played a game of varsity until this year. And so you have kids who, like, they're right now, they're not the best at doing too much of anything. 
because this is their first time ever getting a chance to play at a, at, at a high level like this. And they're sophomores. You have seniors on that team who aren't even starting. The sophomores are starting over seniors. And so, if they go 2-9 this year, say they do, and then turn around and do the same next year, then that's your. Then that obviously there's a problem. But I would hate to see that happen to Abram because knowing the type of man that he is and the type of coach that he is, uh, I hate to see that happen because he deserves to be a head coach somewhere. Right. Just the program that he leads, the culture that he brings, he's someone's head coach. But I say with Pittsburgh, you got to have those talks. You got okay. What are we looking for? What do we want? And it doesn't help to be in a district, and you know we'll get to this uh, uh, here in a bit. It doesn't help to be in a district with uh, Car- uh, Gilmer and then Carthage, yeah. you know. And you're stuck at least next year. Yeah, unless those two teams either, uh, unless those two teams move up and you stay where you are, then the only chance that you have of ever going far, and if if you can beat those teams. And you're good enough with first, second round. Yeah. That's as far as you get. Unless you beat, you can beat those teams. Genuinely, genuinely beat those teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a two, probably a two round. And, and it's just like I said, you know, uh, the other day. is I, I hope Pittsburgh isn't that team where they got so far to where they could have won it and didn't win it. To where it like that was the last chance that they ever had to, and you kind of get that feeling. Yeah, that you get that feeling right now as it stands. You get the feeling that last year was kind of the last push. Yeah. Now you said you would talk about this, and I'm going to go ahead and get you to talk about it on the okay. That makes no sense to me. Why is Pittsburgh? Now I, I understand. I, I you know walk their halls. I I don't see a ton of just Division One. It's not like they're just yeah. that. <laughs> But it doesn't make sense to me that they're a team that can't consistently be competitive. And they can't. Like, they're not capable of that anymore. What I mean, what is your thoughts on that? So, okay, because that's a deep, deeper conversation. Well, that's than, what we're here for. So, growing up in Pittsburgh, you know, when I was a kid, you had, and we talked about this before the show, you had kids who were what they would call cornbread fed. Mm-hmm. Right? That means home cooked meals. You know, they were outside playing. Or if you lived out in the country, you were moving uh, moving hey, some hay, yeah. slapping bulls. You we're, had we're Working for Eford's at the Peach Orchard. Yeah, you, know? you had those kids. We, we, we That's how we grew up, you know? Yeah. Nowadays, you don't have that. And so, when you're walking through the halls of Pittsburgh, then versus now, then you saw that. You can mm-hmm. pick out an athlete a dime, uh, more than a dime a dozen. Yeah. Each, on each level of the floor. It's a two-floor high school. You can pick out at least five of them on each floor. Yeah. And they play football. You knew that that was the guy on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, they had that. The offensive line was stacked. You had kids. But then now, being in the system and, and teaching, you don't see that. No. I, and I so like eyes I, on anybody no. the whole way and go. You so what? So football. what happened was the culture. Yeah, the culture drastically changed. It it, it, it died down. Now it picked back up for a minute. Uh, uh, uh when uh, Dicky Meeks came. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, after Dicky Meeks, then you know, Baca uh, kind Baca, of fed off of yeah, that. Yeah, Baca. 
And then after Baca, his last stance there, he had uh, a few. I say maybe two yeah. or three, you know. And then after that, now we have what we have now. Yeah. And so the reason that being is, is the mindsets have changed, culture has changed, times have changed, society has changed. You don't see a lot of kids out, you know, working during the summer, uh, doing hard labor or uh, outside, running around, uh, playing or just being roughhouse. You know, you don't see that. Rather, it's just like Friday night at the at the Dangerfield game. The kids' favorite thing to do was play Fortnite, Madden, Two uh, K, and something else. Yeah, yeah. Like, and they he's were, a football player. Like, he's a starting football player yeah. on varsity. Now the kid's good. Don't get don't get us wrong. He's really good. But that's what you have nowadays. And That's the reason why I won't say that's the reason why Pittsburgh but can't win. But it's a mentality thing. It goes back to what I've been saying. The mentality because of that has changed. But Pittsburgh just seems to be on the downswing of that. Like other yeah. teams have it, like Dangerfield. Okay, yeah, they've got kids with that same mentality. But you look at you look at Dangerfield. Dangerfield's country. Dangerfield, you still have kids out out riding horses, well, four wheelers. Yeah. You know, they're they're out. That's why you have those kids. They still have those um, home cooked meals. They had grandma, granny, and you know. And Gilmer's got just a program. Yeah, <laughs> Gilmer's built a pro a program a around program, them, yeah. around their kids, and so you have that. Pittsburgh doesn't have it, you know. They they have people who are willing to do it, but it's just something that's not clicking in Pittsburgh right now. And I don't know what it is. And so their mentality is way down about. So is it football. fair to say? And this is my opinion, but is it, in your opinion, is it fair to say that if Coach Abram leaves, that's going to be a tough? It's going to be tough to feel. Yes, because I, I don't think anybody's going to look at that and go, well, "We really want that job." Unless. Unless they look at the players that they have and say, you know what, I have a good system for them that I believe that'll work in that, yeah, in that school with the players that they have and the players coming up. Excuse me. Um, unless they do that, that's the only thing. But as of right now, if Abram leaves and they don't see that, it's going to be hard to find another head coach. Yeah, you're going to be pick, uh, scraping and scratching. You may even once again go and find another offensive or defensive coordinator who just wants a head job. Head coaching job. I think, yeah, this time it, I think it would come to that. I think you would almost have to just hire a coordinator that's looking for a head job. I don't yeah. know that there's going to be a lot of established head coaches, head coaches wanting that job. Right. And so, Abram was... Abram is... Okay, I won't say he's the Pittsburgh's last chance of ever getting back to that level. Or whatever I, I level they, I would almost say that. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, I'm not. It, it, it's right on the cusp of it. Yeah, I'm not ready to definitively say that, but I would yeah. venture to say that's very close but to the see, truth. The the players, not all of the players have bought into him. Not all of the town have the community has bought. But if in, you're not going to buy into him, him, you're not going to buy into anybody. Nobody. Like, Abram is a guy that everybody want, buys. Yeah, into, you want to buy into, and so it's just like at the beginning of the season when they played Chapel Hill, Ross scrimmage Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. They were humbled. He yeah. said it himself. He had players who came in with the big head and got humbled. Mm-hmm. These players now, it, it seems like that big head hasn't gone. If it hasn't gone away by now, I don't know if they it ever will. And this team isn't hungry, you know. Yeah. They gotta get hungry. Abram's hungry, 
He's been there. He's eight. He had. He's had his meal. Yeah. And he still wants it. You know, him and his coaching staff. But do the kids want it? You mm-hmm. know. And this. And if any of these kids ever listen to the show, I would ask them: Do you want to win? Do you honestly, truly want to win? Deep down in your soul, do you want to win, or is this just something you do on the side and be able to say, "Hey, hey, I played varsity. I was on varsity. I got my letterman to show it." Yeah. Or do you really want to win? Mm-hmm. Or is you just are you just hyping yourselves up? You know, are 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 you one of those that lives and dies with the wins and losses? Yeah. So the last time we covered him was against Carthage. Yeah. Close. But the thing that bothered me about that ball game is that they had senior leadership dancing on the sideline as they're getting just pounded. Yeah. That that's ridiculous. You're not going to win. You're not going to create a winning culture with kids like that. It's just yeah. not going to happen. It's it. See, that's what I'm saying. It, that's what I. It's a mentality thing, man. It all goes back to a mentality. They don't have the mentality of winning. Mm-mm. They don't have no, it. They just don't. That's that's because this is a true. team that they've never really won a game. They, I mean, last year is the best they've been in the last two three years. But it, but it, what gets me though is they don't even have like North Lamar plays hard. Yeah, they got kids that had never won a varsity game until this season, but they play hard. Like they want to win. Right. You get the sense with Pittsburgh that they've got kids that could care less whether or not they win or lose. Exactly. We just showed up to the game. Exactly, you know? and, and that's, that's tough. That's the thing, and that's why I'm, that that's the most frustrating thing because North Lamar have lost enough that they said we just want to win. Yeah, we Regardless don't care of, how we just we want do. a win, and yep. they are getting it. Yeah. You know, because they're hungry. Yeah. Pittsburgh have had season losing seasons. They've been losing too. But they're not hungry. It's just like you said. They don't care whether they win or lose. Now, they'll get upset when they lose. But next week, what are you going to do to fix it? Yeah, are you going to make the corrections? Yeah. Are you going to listen to coaching? Are you? I, I just think that that staff is in a very bad spot. You've got two assistants that came with him. Mm-hmm. That left their places to come with it. I mean... It's just that that's a bad situation right now. That I think at the end of the year we're still going to be talking about what does the future look like for Pittsburgh? Yeah. And what does the future look like for Coach Aber and some of that staff? I I just think it's a bad spot. Uh, moving on now, uh, Gilmer beat Libertyalo fifty nine twenty. Not the shock that Gilmer won, but but Libertyalo put up a little bit of a fight. They can do some things yeah. offensively. That was. Don't leave that going, well, Liberty Isle's overrated. No, Gilbert's just that good. Liberty Isle's a good football team. I I have them as the pick to win to to, to win out and get second in the district. I yeah, think that they're I, probably the second best team in the I, district. I do too. Uh, it's like you said, they held them all first first half. Yeah. I've all but I've always dubbed Gilmer that second half team. They're they're that second half team if where there I, ever was one in the history of football, it's Gilmer. Gilmer. Because I believe it's almost as if they're 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 saying, We're gonna let you believe that you're in it with <laughs> us the first half. We're gonna and what we're doing is we're picking you apart, we're learning your schemes, and then by second half we're coming to tear you apart, and that's exactly what Gilmer do. They just run with the game in second and in, in the second half, because it's like they make teams believe that okay, you got us, you yeah. got us. The the tough thing though is the later you get in the playoffs, unless you can get away with that, right? You know, they they were able to sneak by, uh, Salina, you yeah. know, doing that. China Springs wasn't having none of it. They were like, okay, 
Yeah, no. We're, we're just going to go ahead and take the ball game from you. Yeah. You know, you let us stay in it, and we're going to stop you. But, you're right. For for where this district is, yeah, they, they just toy with you until yeah. they get, you know, mad yeah. and, and want to score. But I still think Liberty Island has t- nothing yeah. to be at. They've I, got some athletes. I do, too. And it's like I said before, Liberty Island is one of those teams that you, you can't ever downplay them because they may have a bad year one season – a bad season one year, and then the next year they turn around and they're up. They've always got athletes. Yeah. It's just about corralling some of those kids and getting them to play discipline football. Yeah. But they've always got athletes. That's never a question over Yeah. There. So I, I have I have them picked, too. I don't see Pleasant Grove's not that good. Uh, they're, they're good, but they're not the same Pleasant Grove that yeah. they used to be. No. Uh, now, North Lamar pulls off the shocker against Spring Hill 27-20. to We're talking about the worst team in the district. And they beat Spring Hill. And, I mean, the sad thing, we were talking about this before the show, the sad thing is they, they lost the other winnable game. Yeah. You're not beating Pleasant Grove, you're not beating Liberty Island, you're not beating Gilmer. Sorry. <laughs> Just not going to happen. So you had to beat Pittsburgh and Spring Hill to get the playoffs, you beat one half of it. Just one <laughs> of those things. Yeah. And, mm. and you were in the Pittsburgh ball game. Like, you were only down 10-6 to six at halftime. That was a winnable football game for you. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. But that's just, think just, about this. Did we ever consider the day when we would be saying that Pittsburgh could be on the outside looking in because North Lamar beat them in Spring Hill? Now, North Lamar's gotten better. Yeah. These other teams have gotten bad but or worse, you know. But, but North Lamar plays hard. They, they're starting to learn that scheme a little bit. I yeah. mean, they're, they're trying. Well, I will say this about North Lamar from the history. That Got a good them, running back. Yeah, the the history that they have with playing Pittsburgh is I've seen better North Lamar teams, and, and there were there was a time where mm-hmm. North Lamar did give Pittsburgh a fight, a challenge, you know. Yeah, there but was over a time. the past over what, the past four five four or five years, they they just been down. But this yeah. year, it's they it's starting to look like a turnaround. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the danger of it. If P- Pittsburgh remains in this district and doesn't get better, that's the danger of it. Yeah, because you can then, see the day yeah, where you lose to North Lamar and Spring Hill. Sadly, saw it Friday. You yeah. know that was their sure win, and they coughed up <laughs> and choked on it. I mean, and one of those things about North Lamar is just like you said. You know, and we just said here uh, a couple of minutes ago is that they're hungry. Uh, they have a good running back. They have an okay quarterback. Um, they have what it takes to win, but I if if this they 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 blew the the game they had against Pittsburgh for them to be able to make it into the playoffs. Yeah, you've got enough of an offense to play keep away, right? And yeah. but that's all I had to say about North Lamar. I mean, there it looks like it looks like it's starting to be a a turnaround over there, and uh, for Pittsburgh's sake, I hope and Spring Hill, um, I hope that they get better. Yeah, better than North Lamar because North Lamar is on the uh, is on they're only the upswing, and that's where you've got to get a program. Yeah, if you're gonna turn a program around, you've got to get them on the upswing. Yeah, uh, and, and he's done that. Let's see here, and then you've got uh, Carthage beat Rusk. Always gotta give him a, a shout out because that is the superstar of East Texas. Yes, uh, forty nine to nothing. 
And Longview beats North Mesquite 49 to 19. Both teams that look poised to just so, run away so with the I've, I've noticed, I've noticed uh, kind of a correlation. I'm going go back to Carthage for a bit. Correlation with Carthage. So Rat seems to be a lot more kinder, if that's a word, a lot more kind in the district. He has the just means to blow teams out 60 points. Well, at that point, he knows what he's got. He doesn't have to flaunt it. Yeah, he flaunt it, and he's trying not to get guys hurt. Respectfully. And, I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, that that's the reality. Like, he's trying to, to keep his players healthy because he, he's done enough in the, the pre-district you know district to, to see, okay, we've got what it takes to beat 5A teams. We, we're where I want to be, you yeah. know. Uh, and you just got to play them enough to build up their stamina. Like, he'll let them play later in the ball games, you know, and do some different things. But that that's where that comes for, from. For, for some odd reason, it's feel like when we talk about Scott Serrat, it's almost like talking about Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah, they're almost identical. Yeah, because they the way that they run their programs with such integrity, mm-hmm. you would think that by now, for sure, Serrat should be coaching somewhere in someone's college. Well, he's gotten offers. Like, he, he's got plenty of offers with the with the teams and the player D one players he's put out over the years. He should be somewhere coaching college. Oh, he, he you know he's been offered by Coach Saban uh, to to coach on that yeah. Alabama staff. But my understanding is that he wants to at least take Carthage as long as his son's still in school, and uh, his son I think is a freshman. If yeah, I'm right. if I'm not mistaken, so I mean you've at least got to deal with him for four, four more years. years. You know, and then and then maybe he does decide. You know what? Because I mean, he's at a point in Carthage, he can do whatever he wants. He designed that stadium. You know, they they paid his house off. They they run all these. You know, they will keep him as long as he wants to be there. Uh, but at some point, you know, it might come to hey, the kids are are grown. They're not at home. Yeah, I'm a little bored. Let's go do this at a different place. You know, or at a different level. You know, I, you, you never know. Right. Uh, but I, that is my understanding that he's at least going to be there through his son's high school years. Yeah. Well, his son's a very good quarterback, by the way. <laughs> you know, so I got four more state championships. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, well, and everybody knew he was going to stay long enough because he wants the record, right? So he can tie the record this year with nine state championships. He gets ten. He's got more state championships than any high school football coach in Texas history. Man. That's crazy. And we were just saying, Carthage, they're just now starting to get the coverage you yeah. know, that they deserve. The statewide, yeah. Statewide. It's crazy because he's, what, has eight? He's got eight state championships. You would think he's he would got be- more state championships than he has losses at Carthage. Think about that. That's, 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 that's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and I respect Carthage, you know. I respect that. They're, they're one of those teams I respect. The coaching, the coaching. The players, they're just a good team, man. I can't say anything bad about Carthage. I can't find anything. No, bad about I mean, Carthage. there's nothing you can say. Yeah, if there is, I missed it. You know. Yeah, like <laughs> it. You know, it, it, that's just one of those programs that you look and you go, "That's a program." Yeah. Let's look at the upcoming. We've no, we've already mentioned some of these games uh, for this coming week: Dangerfield at Queen City. That'll be a blowout. We'll be at the Pittsburgh versus Spring Hill game. Pittsburgh's pink out night. That's a must-win game for Pittsburgh if you're yeah. gonna, you know, eat your way into the playoffs. Uh, so that that should be, it'll be a football game. 
Yeah, yeah, it'll be a football game. There <laughs> will be a game. There night. will be a game. There will be a football involved. And somebody's going to win unless they and tie. somebody's going to lose. Yep. Unless, unless they, they tie. tie. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> let's, see uh, let's see. You got Gilmer at North Lamar. That's a blowout. Yeah. And then you got the, the, the big game in the district to me. <laughs> yeah. But the, <laughs> the big game in the district to me is Pleasant Grove at L.E. Oh, yeah. That's a rivalry game. Plus, that's for second place. Like, that game really means something. That is a clear dogfight for second place. Yeah. Whew. Dang, man. But see, those are the kind of games that I love. I mean, Pittsburgh's my hometown. I love it. But I want to see some winning. And I want to see some football. Yes, that's a football game. That, fellas, is a football game. I'm calling... I'm calling Liberty Isle of Pleasant Grove by at least two touchdowns. And yeah, I, I don't see why not. Yeah, at least two touchdowns. Because uh, uh, Pleasant Grove, they're not the same Pleasant Grove. They don't have as many athletes. The only thing athlete that Pleasant Grove, Pleasant Grove has right now is their quarterback. That's it. Yeah. You know, and if Liberty Isle can spit out about four or five of them, they got Pleasant Grove beat. By at least two touchdowns. I'm saying 14, two, 14 points. I think Liberty Island is more athletic. I yeah, by yeah. far. By and, far. And this is not a year where Pleasant Grove can just pound and ground all the time. No. They don't have the offensive line to do it. I, I, I could see that. I yeah. could easily see Liberty Island getting second in the district. And if by chance they can make a run, they get to play Carthage in round four. Well, How messed up is that? That the district championship uh, ball game was already, you know, Pretty much decide because Gilmer beat Liberty Island and Pleasant Grove, and the district champion has to play Carthage before the second place team. That's you might how UIL can be. That, yeah, <laughs> but hey, you gotta make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Now moving on to college, the big big game that everybody had eyes on in the country <laughs> was. Uh, <laughs> Out number one, or well, not number one, Alabama. They were what, ranked number, number three. three. Yeah, number three, Alabama goes to uh, Rocky Top and gets upset, fifty-two to forty-nine. Yeah. And that that field goal post is still floating in the river somewhere. Yep, I won the bet, guys. If you listen to the show last, yeah, week, he gets supper tonight. I won the bet. I, I told you, I told you. That's the most undisciplined Alabama yeah, team in history. I, they, you know, they commit more penalties yeah. than any, ever. They had like 18 penalties in that And that's what I told you, you know, Saturday. It negate that right there negates how good they are. Because they're, they're good, but so undisciplined. When that happens, it just kind of just overshadows that. It's not a typical Nick Saban football. No, and he like, he by blew a gasket. <laughs> yeah, that he's game, ready man. to lose it. Uh, Bryce Young still... You know, I was watching that game. Bryce Young gets the football, and you still get the feeling that as long as he has a chance, mm-hmm. they can win. Right? Didn't happen. Just one of those things. He had they had a couple of penalties on that drive. It well, just didn't happen. Well, the thing is, when they got closer to the end of the game, you know, they had drove the field, and you know, he got him down there just like he did in the Texas game. Yeah, he did what Bryce Young was supposed to do. And the field goal kicker misses the field goal. And that was an easy field goal to make. It wasn't yeah. out of and he just missed it, mm-hmm. you know. The more impressive thing is, you would think 
Alabama's defense would lock up on. And that's what you expect from an Alabama defense. It didn't happen. No. But um, Tennessee drives down the field with two great, with with some great passes and runs Mm -hmm. and gets in field goal range in the nick of time. Time almost runs out. Matter of fact, it did, and then they yeah. figured out. Oh, we had, they still had two more seconds because they called a timeout. Yeah. After the you know the player went down, and then two seconds left on the clock, they kicked the field goal. It was a knuckle knuckle ball. It, hey, it got in though. It, yeah, it went through. Tennessee wins. But Hendon Hooker probably won the Heisman Trophy. The the quarterback. The quarterback. Yes, he's outstanding. He, yeah. He is. He almost reminds me. He's like a mixture between Arkansas's quarterback and Jefferson. a little bit, yeah, yeah, and a little bit of Bryce Young with just how well he throws. Yeah, but his athleticism—that's what reminds me of Jefferson from Arkansas and um, Tennessee. Man, I just this is one of the I didn't one of the teams I didn't expect to be where they are this no, this season. But they're undefeated. Yeah, but they came up, but it's it's like they. Come out of nowhere though, because I, I don't really watch. I don't watch Tennessee at so, all. Really. Well, Coach uh, Josh Heupel, they hired him last year. He, you started seeing improvements last year. Like they mm-hmm. weren't there, but they, yeah. they were starting improvements. It didn't surprise me that they've improved. Right. Uh, it has kind of surprised me some of the teams that they've been able to beat. Yeah. You, you know, I, did, I still didn't know that they were on or didn't see them as a a playoff caliber team. And I might get to that conversation in a minute. That conversation just got shaken up big time this weekend. Not just because of the Alabama game, but because of some things that happened in the Big 12. It's going to be tough for that playoff committee to decide who the four best teams in the country are. Yeah, I'm telling you. We'll we'll see. Uh, Let's see. Clemson beats uh, Florida State 34-28, so they're still in the playoff mix over there in the ACC. Uh, Utah ends USC's winning streak, uh, forty-three to forty-two. That takes USC out of the playoffs. Like that, that's not going to be a conversation because the only way they stay in is if they're undefeated. And UCLA was undefeated. If you beat you at UCLA, then you can make a case. But that's yeah. gone. That's down the toilet. Wow. Lincoln Riley's still the smartest guy in that room, though. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that for USC. Um... Hey, but, but that's yeah. still on the upswing. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm about to say. It's that's Lincoln Riley's first season there. Yeah, I expect them to get a lot better. You know, I, I think I think that USC is probably going to be back in the national conversation. Yeah, because they you know they've been out of it. Now I think you're going to start seeing them back in the national conversation. So here's the interesting thing, because I said this this past weekend. Uh, after after seeing that, then you know Texas. I think that same that national team. I think there there could be the Rose Bowl. I I, I I'm looking for that to happen again soon between USC and Texas. Uh, yeah, the 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 sad thing is that the Rose Bowl means nothing now. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, just for me, my childhood when I saw that was a big game. Well, that was yeah. That was the yeah, marquee, for, that was an extra championship yeah. game. That I want that to happen again. You know, I want it could Vince Young and uh, Matt Stafford and all those guys to come back. Reggie Bush. Let's let's give Pete Carroll a headset. Matt, yeah. Matt Brown come back. <laughs> yeah, just replay the, the reunion. Game. <laughs> Get but, Snoop down on the field. Yeah, but no, like seriously, those those two teams are going to come up. Um, 
you know, Texas will probably be good for the next three, four years. And, well, they'll be in the SEC by then. Um, but you look for, for USC. That Lincoln Riley has done what he set out to do by taking yeah. that job. And I still say he's the smartest guy in the room when it comes to the Oklahoma, USC, big, you know, SEC he, conversation. He, yeah, he got out when the time was right. He and did he, the right thing. Yeah. Now, Oklahoma won this past weekend, but that's still a bad football team. Yeah. That's, I don't care if they win ever again because you you put yourself in a position to lose, thinking you would be you would win. You put your, They put themselves in that position. Well, they did it for money. And see when that because like, like I said, Texas chased A and M. Yeah, and OU's looking around and going, okay, this conference means nothing if Texas isn't in it. So we're gonna go with you. It's a love triangle, man. It's like a love. <laughs> Everybody's chasing everybody except for Texas A and M. They shouldn't be chasing anybody. No, but, but you know, but I mean, like I said, Oklahoma did it to themselves, and you know, kudos if that they won, but. Doesn't to me that doesn't negate the fact that you know you 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 set yes you literally set yourself up for failure. Your recruiting isn't that good. You lost players. Yeah, and you <laughs> lost a good head coach. Yeah, Lincoln Riley is a good football coach. Yeah, Lincoln, people forget Lincoln Riley was in the run. He was one of the finalists for the Dallas Cowboy job. Exactly. Before before Mike McCarthy. Got that job. Lincoln Riley. It, it was Lincoln Riley, Urban Meyer, and Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Mike McCarthy was the third place guy. And then he somehow, and I still would like to understand the full story there, because it went from he's the third guy to he became the one guy after a little sleepover at Jerry's. I don't understand yeah. that. I guess he Lincoln flies Riley's... up there over the weekend and then gets the job. Yeah. But I, I, I Lincoln Riley for the head coach, I think it was the uh, Cowboys. For the Cowboys job, I think it was a smart decision in his case. Uh, well, Urban Meyer ruined it for college coaches. Nobody's going to go from really, college to the end. Yeah. Not, not, not big time. No, they're not going to leave big time programs and and risk their their reputation like that. Yeah, and now he's trying. He's trying to make if maybe trying to make a Ur- comeback in Ur- the Urban Meyer's going to coach again. Mark my words, Urban Meyer will be a college football coach somewhere next year. I'm calling Oklahoma. Well, the Oklahoma job's going to come open. I don't know that they're going to fire Brett Venables. I mean, he's from there. Yeah. Probably gets another year. You've got the Nebraska job open. You've got Arizona State. Uh, you've got... Um, oh, what what's that other school that just fired their coach? Uh, it was Nebraska. That was the one. No, that Arizona State. Yeah, Arizona State. Yeah, Nebraska. There's another smaller college with an opening. I I can't think of that that opening off the top of my head. You would. I mean, Notre Dame may come open. Notre Dame got beat again. But would you want to go to Notre Notre Dame? Would you want to go to? I mean, it depend. If if I'm Urban Meyer, no. Because there's Cause too much around Urban Meyer to go to a private school. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but you know, I don't see that. If as the a, Texas A&M job comes up, but I think it's it's probably his job. That's a big chunk to say. To oh, official. oh, I know what other school I was thinking of that's not open yet, but I, I was thinking they had, but they're going to is Auburn. Auburn's oh. gonna, Auburn's going to fire Brian Horson at some point. That job's going to be open. That's a big job. That's an SEC job. Yeah. You get to play Alabama. 
Like, you know, yeah. all right, well, you get, you yeah. know, you get. Well, I mean. But, I, but yeah, I, 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 I go back. Urban Meyer's going to coach again. But Lincoln Riley made the right decision. Yeah. He, he really did. Uh, Michigan, I watched that game with Penn State. Michigan can run the football very well. Mm-hmm. And they play good defense. That's a good football team. There, that that I I think now I understand CJ Stroud is is a Heisman you know finalist over there at Ohio State very good quarterback they've got an explosive offense yeah but I think that's going to be a great 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 Big Ten championship game and I see no reason why Michigan can't pull that one out they run the football very well very well. Michigan is in Michigan. Well, okay, so and their quarterback's good too. I mean, yeah. they can throw it if they have to, but but they run the football. I mean, tremendously well. He's always been a running run coach. I mean, you look at even when he coached in the NFL with uh, San Francisco. Yeah, he he's always been that coach. Hey, I want he wants good running backs and he wants a good quarterback. Yep, and uh, he's got it. Yeah, he he looks up and gets the receivers, but he's always been a run first type of coach. I mean... But that's what... I'll say it. I've said it before on this show. I've said it in private. I will preach it until I'm blue in the face and dead. That's how you win big football games. You run the football and you play good defense. Yeah. Period. If you can do those two things, you're going to win big football games. Well, yeah. Well, even... Um, who was, is it, was it Deion Sanders? It was somebody that said, if you... Whichever teams get 150 yards or more rushing, that's who wins the football game. Yeah. <laughs> That's who wins, and, and and I mean that Michigan is a very very good football team. Hey, Penn State is no small team. I mean they, they're kind of back. They're they're playing good football over there, but he just took it to them. They 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 had a couple drives trying to see the ball game, and he snuffed it out. Took it to them. Ole Miss beat Auburn forty eight thirty four. Lane Kiffin, a Lane Kiffin offense. Is just fun to watch. He does so many different things, different formations. He does some things with the running backs in the backfield, creates some motion, some trickery. I mean, that guy. I just love watching Ole Miss just to watch what he's going to do <laughs> offensively. I watch. I didn't watch that game, but I got a peek at it. And when I got a peek at it, they were just scoring. And yeah. I said to myself, "Well, that's what they do best." <laughs> yeah, they score. Yeah, they just score. And so, I mean, I I, I love Lane Kip, man. That guy's. I I don't know. It's just something about him. And I, you know. But and an old miss still undefeated just, over yeah, that old miss. Ole miss is just and Lane Kiffin just go well together like PB and J. <laughs> they do, you know, and he he's back in the SEC. You know, yeah. he, names being thrown around. Maybe if that Auburn job comes open, but if I'm him, I'm looking at that Auburn job going, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> you know, why would you leave Ole Miss? Yeah, because I mean, Ole Miss could still be in the conversation, the national conversation, depending on how the SEC shakes out. Yeah. And right now, it's kind of shaping out lopsided. If Alabama uh, can't get it together. Yeah, I mean, that that's questionable. So then you've got uh, TCU uh, shocks Oklahoma State 43-40. to So what that ball game did, though, that took out any chance of a Big 12 team being in the national conversation. There's... Only. Now, I mean, it's you, you can win the conference. Yeah. Somebody's going to get a New Year's Six game. But they're not going to be in the playoff conversation now. The Big Twelve. It, uh, there's one undefeated now, isn't it? Yeah, TCU. What about Kansas State? No, they've been beat. TCU, they I think, did. They gonna, did. They yeah. Did. 
So TCU's going to be the lone... Or Kansas. What is Kansas? Oh, Kansas got beat, too. Oh, oh well, t- wow, TCU? Yeah, I think Kansas lost last week, if I'm not mistaken. TCU. I did not see that. They're, they've quietly been undefeated. The problem is that they beat up on the Big 12. Well, everybody's looking at the Big 12 going, okay, that's not a very good conference. <laughs> People thought it would be, yeah. but it's kind of shaping up not to be. Uh, if Texas doesn't lose to Texas Tech and then you get a TCU-Texas national championship game or, or a conference championship game and yeah. Texas's only loss coming into that ball game is to Alabama, then maybe you have a conversation. But because they've all kind of beat up on each other, it's not going to matter. Yeah. Wow. So you're going to look at the strength of schedule and go, that's not a national caliber football yeah. team. I, don't, I mean, I just don't see that happening. Uh, Georgia dismantles Vandy 55 nothing. remains the number one team in the country, and rightfully so. And then you do have UT beating Iowa State 48-34. Okay. Good win. Ah, oh, man. UT is... After UT lost to Tech, it kind of took all the shine off that yeah. program. It did. It did. Um, You're still seeing steps forward. But they're not as far as people they, thought. Well, they kind of got it back with the win against Oklahoma. You know, the big that's a big win against yeah, but Oklahoma, rivalry. Yeah, but Oklahoma's bad. Now, I didn't, that's still a good football team in Texas to put 49 points on them. But. It's a high school score, man. It's not a college score. Yeah, that was just bad. Yeah, but. Yeah, Texas, they're obviously turned it around there. And. Uh, one of the things about that is that their recruiting has gotten ten times better than what it's been in the past four or five years. So when you look at that and how they're continuing to, to grow that way, you're going to be looking at a Texas team that says, okay, now they're capable of competing at an SEC level. Uh, this year they've shown signs of, you know, okay, they're that team. Uh, Sarkeesian gets to keep the job. That of was course. the question coming into the year. Yeah. Was it, you know, can he win and, enough ballgames to keep the job? He's keeping the job. And, you know, well, then, yeah, that's what I question now. Well, then you have Quinn Ewers, who has at least about, what, maybe two, two, three more years if he decides to uh, enter the draft this year. You may year. or may not get Arch Manning. Yeah. We, we, I've talked about that ad nauseum. I, I, I don't but, think but, he's going but, there. Yeah, but here's the thing if you don't get Arch Manning, that could still be okay. Because, yeah, as long as Ewers stays. Yeah. If Ewers stays, or if there's another quarterback um, that comes up and say, hey, we're interested in this guy. We're going to go recruit this guy. He's interested in going to... And so, with the transfer portal. Yeah. Guy, they get, uh, you know happy. how with the NIL deals, and everything, you never know where anyone could go now. or if Because the thing with Arch Manning now is that it's word of mouth. Nothing has been signed. Or nothing. And, and even with Arch Manning, the shines... I mean, we're not, he's not in the headlines like he was last no, year. No, no, you're right. He uh he's not. I've matter of fact, I've only seen one thing about him, uh as of late, and uh, it was about a win against some team. But that's it. I've you know you haven't heard a lot more a lot about him like you did last year. So I don't know what what's going on. Well, after on there. that guy, after that one scout came out and said if he wasn't a Manning, he wouldn't be the number one recruit in the country. Yeah, that kind of took some of the luster away from him. Yeah, it seemed okay, like people I, backed off. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that guy was right or wrong. I'm just saying 
nationally, it seems like we kind of backed off. Like, okay, maybe that guy's got a point. Like, you, why do we, why do we yeah, I, I still stand uh, stand firm on my my take on that. Is that has nothing to do with it. We, we everybody knows who the Mannings are. They're good. They they're known for being good football players, great football players. Um, but this is his career, not theirs. Um, he broke their record. Yeah. And so and the kid can play. I'm yeah, like, there's no question about that. And that's what I'm saying. He can play. He he he's he's doing his own thing. You can't throw his uncles and dad and uh, grandfather and all that in there. You just gotta let him be who he is. But if he doesn't go, like I said, if he doesn't go to Texas, if he opts out and say, you know what, I want to try Alabama or Georgia. Fine, you know, go do what you do. But I I don't I see if Quinn Ewers is staying. And then they get somebody else. Texas will be okay. And I still think their recruiting class, uh, recruiting is good enough to get them the players that they need to be able to compete in the SEC in the next three or four years. As long as they continue to play good defense. Yes, that's the big part. That's going to be the key. Yeah. If you can play good defense, you can Because they can the score SEC. all day, but yep. their, their defense has been key to them winning games. And, and in the SEC, you've got to play defense. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Coming up. This week, uh, I've just picked out a few notable games that you know might want to take a peek at. Ohio State versus Iowa. If you just want to kind of get a look at Ohio State, take a peek there. Uh, you've got uh, UT at OSU. That would have been a bigger game if OSU hadn't lost to TCU, but still worth taking a look at. You've got Ole Miss at LSU. Again, it's Lane Kiffin. Just flip it on. Get you a little watch in. <laughs> Watch some some fun offensive football. Uh, Brian Kelly still having some issues there at LSU. I don't know, you know, how that's going to work out long term. I don't think it's going to, but he gets a taste of what it's like to have Lane Kiffin come to your place and uh, play down there. Then you've got UCLA versus Oregon. That's a sneaky good game. UCLA still undefeated. Chip Kelly still doing it. Chip Kelly's another fun offensive guy to watch. He does some some. Unique things. Yeah. Uh, that's a sneaky good ball game. And then you've got uh, Mississippi State at Alabama. See if Alabama can bounce back. Mike Leach, another fun offensive coach to watch. So, some sneaky good games this weekend. Nothing earth-shattering. You know, uh, but, yeah. but sneaky good football. I don't know. Any, any games there that you're going to be definitely taking a peek at? Um, probably the, uh, let's see, the Ole Miss and... Um, LSU. LSU. I think that's going to be my top one. I, I'm i going to take a peek at UCLA versus Oregon just because I know a lot of people yeah. aren't. Okay, so that's another game. So uh, I may be looking at too because Oregon, simply because Oregon's uniform. They, I <laughs> think they've, uh, they have a new uniform that's uh, honoring, you know, the players. I guess, you know, the Spencer Webb guy that passed away this summer. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the breast cancer or cancer. Uh, breast cancer awareness people. awareness yeah. so it's a you know Oregon's always always have these crazy uniforms and it's kind of where they get their shine from uh, nowadays so I, I, I probably tune but into just that from just a, from I mean like I said but from a football standpoint it's worth taking a peek at UCLA yeah I guess so UCLA is one of those kind of on the periphery national conversation type teams yeah it hurt them that USC lost you yeah, know, but but you're yeah. on the periphery there. Yeah, but I think yeah, uh, like I said, Alabama's worth watching just to see how they bounce back and take another peek at Mississippi State offense. 
Uh, they got beat this past weekend. Kentucky bounced back and beat them, but still, that's still fun to watch. Now, one thing I wanted to, that kind of got overlooked, or hasn't gotten a lot of attention yet, okay. Deion Sanders. Okay. So. Oh yes, I know. Well, oh, well, I've got two things. We, you know, you've got the deal where he the gets coach, into yeah. it, where he's not swack. Yeah. But now he's coming out and saying, and this is from Dion himself, quote, I'd be a fool to not consider a big contract offer from a Power 5 school. Who does he think he's going to call? What, like, what, here's my deal with Dion. What is this really about? It, you know, he claimed it was, I'm all in on HBCU football and I want to restore, you know, restore the the history here, and I want to highlight black athletes, and I'm going to go steal all the number one recruits, and I'm going to do this. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, I'd be a fool not to listen. So what is this really about for Dion? What does he think he's going to get out and who out of this, and who does he think is going to call him? It's a Power 5 football school. Well, I say this. Dion, that's a very good question that you ask. Because you got to think, he got he thought he was going to get the Florida State job, and they turned him down. You so know? he got mad, and he stole their number yes. one and so, And then also on top of that, you say all these things. And so it's starting to look like it was never about making this school known again. No. It, it was more about you trying to prove yourself to the bigger colleges that you feel that you deserve... A spot at, or at least to get be your foot in the door in the coaching yeah. conversation. But to be honest, yes, Jackson Zach, Jackson State is winning, but they're not known on a national level for anybody to be able to say consider Dion okay as a possibility to to, to be a head coach. They've only had two winning seasons. I mean, they're going out and they're they're blowing through these teams, but they're still not known. On a national level, nobody is looking at Jackson State unless, unless it's being covered by ESPN or you're going to look up, look it up on YouTube by yourself, you know. And that's what I'm saying. He's making it seem as if there's people that's going to be just knocking down his door to try to get him to come and coach with him. It's that's not going to happen no. because you're still not known on a national level. Yes, you got the the number one recruit, but and yeah, you're winning games, but I mean, you have to consider at a at a HBCU, very few people go to the NFL from there. You, I mean, you get some, but you have to with the athletes that you have, man. You you got to put in at least three more years of doing the same thing and getting somewhat better to be known at a national level, like the schools you want to go to, you want to coach at. All right, let, let's. He says he wants to power five school. Okay. So I may have a little short list of possible power five openings. Some of them are for sure. Others are possible. Nebraska is definitely open. Mm-hmm. They've already fired their coach. Auburn's probably going to be open. Notre Dame's a possibility. that They move on from Marcus Freeman after one year. And you've still got to say that maybe, possibly... Texas A&M decides to move on from Jimbo Fisher. They're not going at They're not going to, but I'm just saying. Let's just... Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, 
It's not like he's winning a bunch of games. Yeah. Let's just assume that they do. Okay. Still a possibility. Out of the schools that I just named, which one of those four would call up Deion Sanders and say, come coach? Which was the second one that you said? Auburn. Nope. First one? Nebraska. Nope. Notre Dame. Notre Dame's not, because that, that's the whole reason that Urban Meyer wouldn't go there, yeah. because they, they're they a private, private school, school, they don't yeah. want their okay, publicity. Yeah. And then you got Texas A&M. No. Exactly. Who the only, the only job I see that he could possibly get, Arizona State. But that's not a Power 5 job. That's as close as he's going to get. That's just being honest. Yeah, I mean, they hired Herm Edwards. That, I mean, that's just being completely honest. I He has a better chance of getting... Arizona State to anybody else right now. It's true. Well, I don't know. Matt Rule's out there, and you know Matt Rule's been known to turn around a little small college. Okay, well then, if that's so, then it's out the door. Dion, okay, he still has to prove himself as a head coach. Man, but he thinks he has. That's what I'm saying. That's what I don't understand about this whole thing with Dion. Is it? It it comes across no matter what he says that it's all about Dion. It's Dion, Dion, and more of Dion, and that really this is about him staying relevant. Because you think about it, if Dion Sanders was not coaching at Jackson State, he would not be in the national conversation for anything. I, I'll say this about Dion because Dion, when he coached at high school football, he coached at a private school. Had, but even in Texas, he wasn't a big deal. Exactly. So this is what this is my point. I'm about to make. Had he coached at Allen, Duncanville, South Lake Carroll. Westlake, any of those schools, these top schools, had he been a coach on that coaching staff when they were winning these state championships, he would probably be, and then he goes to college. Then he's in the conversation. Yes. But But he's coached at a private school. He's Deion Sanders. He's in Texas. He clearly wants to coach football. Yeah. He gets into high school football, and none of the big schools around here call him. That's, That's my point about Deion Sanders. Is he's never he acts like he's in the running for he's not nobody's calling him he acts like he's a great football coach then why are the big schools not calling you why are the schools that want to win are see, consistently expect to win and not that's calling the thing you? is that you were in the Dallas area and Dallas is known for having ex NFL players on their on their coaching staff and no none of those why is it why isn't he on the coaching staff why wasn't he on the coaching staff somewhere after he for me. He should have done that before he tried to take the leap to college. Yeah, I, I just it, it's because your because your son was a senior graduating. Yeah, you should have you should have went higher on that level rather than trying to take a whole leap over to SF FSU. Yeah, and then you don't get you that don't job. have the credentials other than oh that that's your alma mater and you played in the NFL. Yeah, they don't know what kind of coach you is. You coached at a private school. Well, and he's obviously not a good one. You know, and not to say, now he won state championships there, but still, that's not right. In, 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 in the state of Texas, easy to say, that's not recognizable. You know, that's not, okay, you're at a private school, you won state championships, cool. Who knows that? You're not Duncanville, you're not Allen. You're not Westlake, Southlake Carroll. Who are you? And you want to go to FSU based off of your name and your your likeness? That's what I'm image? saying, though. It's it's almost like it's all about him. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, but it's just I saw that I was like, really, Dion? Yeah. 
But but it's what that's what I'm saying. He it's it's like he takes these thing these jobs and he says these things just stay relevant. Because if he doesn't, we're not talking about Deion Sanders. No, not at all. And these guys have to stay relevant. I mean, you think about some of the greats, even that have put Michael Vick. Nobody talks about him anymore. No, nobody's talking about Donovan McNabb. No, nobody's talking about even some of the great uh, Cowboys players. You know, they play Emmett Smith. We don't talk about him all the time. We, I mean, I think uh, it's Terrell Owens. Yeah, I mean, we, we there's Hall of Fame football players that we don't even talk about. Even no, but these guys feel the Bo Jackson. We don't talk about Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson is one of the most tremendous athletes to ever walk the planet. We don't talk about Bo Jackson. I mean, and my point is, those guys. You know, ha- have accepted that we're not relevant anymore. Yeah, but Dion wants to hang on to relevancy. He's one of those that he's got to be in the news, if he and ha- so his only way is to stay in this. Perpetual if Dion wanted to be relevant, he should have stayed on TV. Yep, he should have stayed on TV because if he really wanted to coach, it wouldn't matter where he coached. I just want to coach. Yeah, but now he's talking. It's just like it's becoming. It well, what it is, he wants to be in the power ups, higher ups, and it's Dion. You're not there, man. Not even close. You you're just not there. You're not there as a coach. No, forget where your team's at. You're not there as a coach. You will get slapped silly by some of these better coaches. I mean, they will make Dion Sears look like a fool, and then what's he gonna say? Has he what what big shenanigans he gonna pull then? I mean, you can't. It's it's gotten to the point with Dion where it's a joke. I said that from the get go, and everybody's like, "Well, no, he's doing it for this." No, no, it. I said it from the get go. It is about Dion, Dion, and more of Dion, and he proves it more and more every weekend. Just ridiculous. Uh, move on to the NFL. Last Thursday, you had Washington being Chicago twelve to seven. Another nasty game. Okay. At what point are we going to do away with Thursday night football? It's, that you said this uh, a couple of maybe a month ago, and then I was like, okay, because you asked me a question, you know, what was the point of it, right? Yeah, and so and I was like, well, it's like a extra, like a kick leading into Sunday, then Monday. It's a standalone game. Yeah, but now it's people that the conversation is starting to come out, just like saying. When are we going to get rid of it? What's it's the not point even of it? on a national deal. Now it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. They moved the Thursday night game off of the NFL Network. Yeah. And so now it's like, okay, what's the point if it's going to be just bad games with bad teams? <laughs> you know. And Al Michaels, bless his heart, goes from calling Sunday night football. He takes the deal with Amazon, and now he's got to be like, really? You know, I've got the, 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 the crappiest schedule in national television. Yeah, because as of now, there has been there's only been one touchdown scored on Thursday night. There's It's just bad teams playing bad teams. I mean, no I mean, the, only, the only one that had any substance to it was the opener between Buffalo and L.A., and that turned into a blowout. Yeah. And it was like after that, it's like, okay, <laughs> moving on. And But Chicago's and, not and, a good team. And Washington's like it. Yeah. You know, and Ron Rivera, 
was having to walk back some of his comments about, well, the reason that we're not like everybody else is because of our quarterback, which Carson, Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback. But how about you stop somebody, Ron? Like, how about you're supposed to be a defensive coach. How about you stop somebody before you talk about your quarterback? Well, see, that's what Ron does. I told you, Ron takes the blame and puts it on everybody else except for Ron. He's like, yeah, it's not me. He did it. In, he did it in, in, in Carolina. Yeah, part of the reason why he got fired. You know, yeah. he's doing like it take some responsibility, Washington. Ron. I mean, you're the head coach. He did it, and uh, he was at Kansas City. On point, I mean, you know, you you, you do it. Yeah. I think he 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 freezes up in front of the media. So instead of him not making himself not look bad, he's like. I got to I got to make you know. Well, yeah, but that was like a one word. So what separates you from the rest of the NFL? He didn't even have set quarterback, right? And now he's like, "Well, I didn't mean to say it. No, you meant to say that. Yeah. That was the first word they quarterback." Exactly. I, I just don't get it. That's just that. So you had all that coming in the third sack game, and you win. Okay, you beat a bad football team. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I mean, I understand. The NFL, it's about money. And the more games that you can get on television, the more money you get. I understand that. But at some point, Tom Brady was right. And we talked about this last week. Uh Tom Brady was right. There's not a lot of good football. There's not. No. Not. And everybody wanted parity. No, you don't. You don't want parity. That is a... Facade, because what happens when you get a lot of parity in the NFL? You get a lot of bad football. The NFL is better when there's five, six, seven really good teams, and at some point they all get to play each other. Right now, there's not. There's maybe four, maybe four. I'll talk about that more in a minute. Maybe four really good teams. Mm-hmm. That's how that you ain't got it. So, what's happening is because the NFL wants to put all these these games on standalone national television. With Monday night football, Sunday night football, Thursday night football. Yeah. Is that, especially your Thursday night games are getting severely watered down. Yeah. More and more every year. You're getting less and less where you've got to sit down and watch. Like, I'll watch it for the save the show and, you know, it's football. Yeah. But now you're starting to see more college games being played on Thursdays. More, you know, things kind of taking precedence where you're like, okay, do I have to watch this? Man. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Like it's it's it's, <laughs> it's used to it was that was what you watched on Thursday night because right. there wasn't anything else. But now there's some other things sports wise you can click over and watch, especially when the NBA gets started. You can watch NBA basketball. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm almost on that on that train saying, hey, let's just kick it out. You know? Yeah, do away with it. Let's- the, well, the only and the only exception for a Thursday game should be Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving game, which is yeah, everybody. That's different. Yeah, everybody's got. Nah, well, that's what I'm saying. That's the only exception. And then the playoffs. Yeah, it's okay to have a Thursday night playoff game. But it's like they they took that and said, well, okay, we want to do this for good now. For you know, every week. Remember and, the COVID year when they played some Wednesday afternoon football. Because they were having to rearrange. Yeah. And there was a conversation then about maybe trying to have a Tuesday or a Wednesday game. No. I'm like, don't. And now I'm really glad we didn't do that. Yeah. Because it would have been off. That would have been atrocious. You t- when did team practice? <laughs> yeah, that would have been atrocious. Yeah, but these Thursday nights, man, it's like, because it's a short week for the team. And then it's like you play on Sunday, then you have to go and play. And you. But just look at the teams that you're scheduling to play these 
games. I mean, you've got a lot of bad football. At least schedule good teams. I mean, I know there's only a few, but it means... And I, I get why they're not doing that, because even if it's two great teams, it's still Thursday. It's yeah. still kind of that time where you might be home to watch, you might not. Monday, you're going to be home. You're going to watch Monday Night Football. Sunday, you're already watching football. So Thursday's that iffy day, I understand. But that's just bad. It's a bad look for the NFL to keep doing this. But anyway, so that, that little pillow fight happened. The game that I watched that I thought, man... That's a statement football game was the New York Giants and the Baltimore Ravens. New York took it to the Ravens. They, yeah. they, they went up only went 24-20 because Lamar Jackson fumbled the football at the end of the game. But really and truly, New York's a they, they took it to New York's a good football team. Their only losses to the Cowboys. Daniel Jones has gotten it turned around. Brian Dayball's got it going over there. New York's a good football team. Yeah. Um, I give it to him. Yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll halfway give it to him. I won't halfway. No, I'm. That's a good football team. I'm not. They're okay. Okay, they're beating good football teams. Baltimore's a good football team. Now Baltimore's got some questions. Yeah, like I, you know, but but Baltimore's a good football team, and they beat them at Baltimore. They go into Baltimore and win that football game. Yeah, um, but they only won because of one mistake. I mean, no, I get they, a win. They had some other things that they should have capitalized yeah. on. That I mean, okay, okay. So you know, I, I New York, if they're better than what I expected them to be coming into this. And New York forced that fumble, by the way. They're 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 better than what I expected them to be coming into the season. I didn't think they'd be that good. You know, and I question of why the heck are they? Did they keep uh, Daniel Saquon, Jones? You know, and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Saquon, I I can understand. Daniel well, Jones, I can't. I question why they kept him only for the fact that I thought they should just go into rebuild mode. But now I understand why they they Brian Nabal made them believe. Hey, I can win with this football team. Yeah, well, and he does things with Daniel Jones to put Daniel Jones in a place to be successful. He doesn't ask Daniel Jones to do too much. And he, he puts him in schemes that are able to kind of protect him to, to use his athleticism a little bit. Yeah. He does things that puts Daniel Jones in a place where he can win football games. Right. Well, and, and he put he lets, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley pound the rock. Do yeah. what he does best. And so, yeah, I you know, it's kudos to them for that win. Uh, like I said, they are, like I said, they're better than what I thought they would be. But I, I still question why I keep Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is an okay quarterback. I don't see him being a franchise quarterback. They're going to keep for him. them. Uh, I, unless somebody hits the market or or unless... Because now you've won too many games. You're going to win too many games. You're not going to draft a quarterback. Well, yeah, of course. So unless somebody hits the open well, market... Okay, so well, you have a good point there. And he's the quarterback they chose over Eli Manning. Exactly. And Brian Dayball has found a way... To make him successful. Yeah. It's going to come down to if somebody hits the open market that Dayball's like, I've got to have that guy. Yeah. But outside of that, as long as Dayball can say, hey, I can continue to invent schemes for him to win games. And he's still young. He's still young. You don't have to move on. Yeah. And like I said, you're going to win too many games to go draft. Now, now if it was you're losing more games and you can go get a Bryce Young or you can get a C.J. Stroud or you can get somebody like that, that's a different conversation. 
yeah. but you're not going to do that. You're, you're, you're winning. <laughs> no. I give them that. Um, uh, so I, I, I thought that was a good one. Another one is that the Patriots dominated the Browns 38-15 with their third-string quarterback. How <laughs> bad is Cleveland? We thought they might survive, but they're not going to. That is a burning, sinking ship. And it's still Deshaun Watson come on down. Yep. Next year, here he comes. Or, no, not, no, not this year. This year, because, yeah, they ain't But, okay, it. let me ask you this. If 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 you're out of contention, do you play Deshaun Watson? Heck no. They're going to. The last four or five games of the season, I would not play him. But they're going to, because, I mean, can you really risk the only real football him playing for three years is preseason football? That's... That's where they hung themselves with this situation. And I've got more on that here in a second. I'm going to talk about him in a Let's Let's hold that. Let's okay. Hold that. All right. Uh, Cincinnati beats the Saints. They bounce back and win 30 to 26. Cincinnati's not a great football team. No. We're seeing more and more that last year's Super Bowl was a fluke. Like, you had two teams <laughs> get hot at the right time and win games that they had to win. Yeah. That's not a great football team. Joe Burrow's still a great quarterback. Jamar Chase is still a great receiver. That's not a great football team. I mean, it's just not. They did what they had to do last year to put themselves in a position to be successful. They pulled it off. Uh, but don't be looking for a rematch in the Super Bowl this year from either side. Not going to happen. <laughs> uh, the Steelers beat Tampa Bay 20-18. I watched Pickett that, wins. Yeah, I watched that game. Kenny Pickett got hurt. They won yep. with Trubisky. Now, that game alone was just a very good defensive game, man. And then how bad is Tampa Bay though? Yeah. Oh my god! But see, okay, so that's the thing. Tom Brady wants to talk about parity. He better remember to put his team in there too. Well, he kind of did. If I remember right, I, I don't have the quote anymore because we used it last week. But my, if I remember right, like he kind of included that, that even they weren't. Where they had been. Tom Brady should have stayed home, man. Yeah, that whole situation. Did you see where he wasn't even at the team walkthrough on Saturday because he was at Robert Kraft's wedding? He wasn't even with his team the Saturday before the game. The starting quarterback. You kidding me? He should have just stayed home. He should have stayed retired. But and the, 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 the bad part is, and I guess I can go look this up, There's not there's not many people... Who are saying this? You don't. I, no, I understand the NFL. Not even the national media no. is saying he should have stayed retired. He should have stayed retired. I don't understand why they're not like because everybody thinks has this fantasy that Tom Brady can play till he's fifty. No, you, you can tell like the it. age is wearing on him. For the first time, it, you can see it. Yes, you saw it a little bit last year, but now you can really see it. Right, and on top of that, he doesn't have a good team around him. But we created this fantasy land where Tom Brady's going to play as long as he wants to play. He plays till he's 50. And I don't see that. But that's why you don't see everybody calling for Tom Brady to retire is because they're still living in that fantasy world. They're not watching Tom Brady deteriorate because they don't want to admit that that's what's going on. Yeah. But it is. That's exactly what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And, and, and I we got the week. I'm tired of saying it. You know, he needs to just... Mid-season, dude, if he doesn't retire, <laughs> I don't know. He has nothing else to prove. 
go home. If they fall out of playoff, the, the problem is he's winning enough games to stay in playoff contention. If they would ever fall out of it, I think you would. But I think as long as he's in the playoff conversation, he he doesn't want to walk away. It, it's that addiction for him where he feels like he's got something left to prove. That was his words, you know, coming back. Well, I've left too much on the – what did you leave on the table? It's not like you're coming back to a good football team. I said that from the – beginning of training camp. That's not a good football team. That defense isn't where it was a, f- a few years ago when they dominated Kansas City in the Super yeah. Bowl. You, you're not running the football as well. You don't have Rob Gronkowski tied in. Cole Beasley looked around and said, uh, this sucks. I'm going to go ahead and retire. I'll see you later, Tom. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you, you just don't have the weapons. No. You don't have the weapons. It, that offensive line is depleted. I, I, I don't know what he left on the table, but it wasn't a full meal. He came back for crumbs. And, Just to see. Yeah. And and it's almost, you know, and, and I want to go in. I'll bring this back up because everybody's kind of let this go. But I think it's worth talking about. You know, it was always about when, when Tom left New England. Yeah. It was about, you know, who's more important, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady. Tom Brady needed Bill Belichick. I understand he won a Super Bowl without him, but that was one of those games. You had a very, very good defense. Yeah. You had a depleted Kansas City Chiefs team in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You needed Bill Belichick. to. to well, you because, don't win all those Super Bowls yeah. without Bill. I'm well, sorry. because with Bill, there was consistency. Yes. Even when, when he didn't have weapons around him, they still were winning games. Now you see, he doesn't have Bill. He doesn't have weapons. He doesn't have that defense. He's not winning football games. Yeah. It's like a reality check has happened to Tom Brady now. Whether or not he realizes yeah. it. Yeah. And, and and we're seeing it big time now. Because it's just like you said. It's, we were living in that fantasy world where man, Tom Brady's going to play till, you know he's about 40, late in his 40s. And he is late in his 40s or his 50s. He's going to play for a while because he's that guy. He's that good. But now we're seeing a reality check, and we're seeing that reality is hitting him. Age is catching up to him. He does. He's not on the team. That's he's on the team. That's oh, that's okay. They're not good. And to be fair, they had a good uh, defense, great defense the year that they won that Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and an an okay offense that was able to run the ball, move the ball. And you could throw it to your tight end and run Gronkowski. That's all. But you, and to he be went honest, there saying I want to open up the playbook. You were basically running Bill Belichick's playbook. I understand Bruce Arians was your coach. You were still running the same concept. We're gonna right. run the football, throw it to the tight end, play good defense. Yeah, but to be honest, Tampa Bay is not that team to be to be able to sustain being good. They're just not. They're not that franchise. No. And you walked away from New England thinking that you had that in Tampa Bay or you could get that, but you didn't. And and even he wanted, people forget, he wanted out of Tampa Bay. Yeah. He wanted to go to Miami this offseason. He wanted to go to San Francisco. Both of those teams said no thank you. Well, Miami didn't say no thank you. He had to say no thank you to that situation because of all the behind-the-scenes mess, which, whatever. Yeah. But it's not like he wanted to be in Tampa Bay anyways. No. 
So why why come back? You didn't want to play there. You didn't want to be in Tampa Bay. You didn't. You obviously didn't think that you had the team there to win a Super Bowl. And now you're just gonna walk back into camp. Hey guys, I'm back. We're gonna go win a Super Bowl. Oh, but I'm gonna miss every Wednesday and I'm gonna skip when I want to. Like what what do you what do you prove it? I I just yeah. don't understand that. Um, let's see another another shocking score. Atlanta, Marcus Mariota beats Jimmy G. All he does is win, except for yesterday, uh, 28-14. Now, here's my question for San Francisco. What are you going to do next year? You don't want Jimmy G, obviously. Trey Lance was not very good before he got hurt. What are you going to do? I mean, do you if you continue to lose football games, do you lose your way to the point that maybe you you're looking at drafting another quarterback? And you tell Trey Lance that you know, but he was your you, first round. Why yeah, would you? you have to give him another look. I yeah. understand that. I'm just saying he's not that good. In my opinion, he wasn't playing well. He may come back from this injury and and settle down and be a good quarterback. But you've really kind of put yourself in a really bad spot, right? Well, it and. <laughs> I'd say... Because that's what my, I said about that whole... Yeah, they better hope I, that Trey Lance is good. Yeah. I, I say, if, if they're smart, they hold on to Jimmy G until... Unless... Until you find somebody to say, okay, now we have some... We, we can... We have a good quarterback to where we can win games. And then, yeah, no, Trey Lance wasn't good. Maybe he to, can be. I I don't know, but he but didn't they show didn't give him a preseason yeah, or even during the season. But see, that's the danger of just throwing those quarterbacks out there. You know, you don't that's know what happened to Kenny Pickett. Yeah, he was throwing behind a bad football team. And so <laughs> you can't do that. You're you're playing with these guys' careers, and you're doing that, and you're not giving them time to even settle in or develop into the league. Now, some of them can just go out there and be that guy, but nowadays you ain't seeing that. You're not no. seeing it. And so not as quickly, but we want to move on to the next guy. Like it's like we we draft a quarterback yeah. now he's got to play. No, well, but it, and it's just like uh, Trevor Lawrence over there. I mean, he yeah he won, but that's not he's that I'm not seeing anything. Okay, I'll just put it this way. Yes, he's won some football games, and when he start when they had that hot start, everyone's like, oh, that see he just. Yeah. I'm not sold on Trevor Lawrence. You had people literally, you had Miami, the owner, even though they didn't pop him for it, it happened. Mm -hmm. You had the owner offering $100,000 per loss to draft Trevor Lawrence. Was it worth it? (laughs) Really? If you're Jacksonville, was it worth it? You know, I don't know that it was. That's the problem with these quarterbacks is we see them on national television. We see them in all these big games in college, and we go, okay, that's the guy. He's mm-hmm. the next. Well, they have players around them. Exactly. You know, and that it happened with Justin Fields. I still think that Justin Fields is a good quarterback. I just think that the, he's going to have to go somewhere else, and he's going to have to reimagine what he wants to be. Well, the problem with the NFL is when you get those caliber of quarterbacks, you don't build a team around them. They don't no, build. You're, the... you're drafting that way because you're not a very good football team. Yeah, and then you expect them to come in and save the day. Well, you got to realize they were that good only because they had the good players 
with them that yep. they could throw to. Their teammates were NFL linemen. Their their receivers were NFL receivers. Yeah. Their running back was a Division One or NFL running back. You know, you you've got that surrounding. I mean, uh, Justin Fields famously said, "I had more athletes around me in Ohio State than I do here." Like exactly, he, he famously said that there was that was a big deal in the off season. You know, where where he was quoted as saying that. So. You know, I think that we've got to be careful as fan bases, and if you're a fan base, you know, you got to be careful. You got to be careful if you're an executive to go. Okay, we're going to tank to get this guy. Yeah. Well, you better be darn sure. Number one, that guy's a good quarterback, and number two, you got to be committed to now building That's around him. Yeah. Now you've got to have to say, okay, we're going to get him on a cheap rookie contract. That's the lure mm-hmm. of the new quarterback is that for the first four years. So you gotta say, okay, we're gonna get him on the cheap rookie contract. Now we're gonna take all this leftover money and go pay everybody else. We're gonna build an offensive line. We're gonna get receivers. We're gonna, and you gotta be committed to that. Yeah, and also if if it was so and it would never happen, if NFL teams could go and draft whole college teams, that'd be different. Like if they say, okay, we want this player, and we're gonna go. I'm, okay, whole a whole college team is a little bit excessive. But if <laughs> if if you You're gonna buy your team, yeah, if we if you could go and draft this quarterback and say okay, and to ensure that we have a good season with this guy, we're gonna go draft at least two of his offensive offensive linemen, mm-hmm. uh, maybe two of his um, two of his receivers, yeah, and then if we can, we'll get the running back. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that you can really kind of ins- maybe ensure that you have a good season with that quarterback because then you're putting familiar weapons around him. Mm-hmm. But until that happens, you're going to continue to get the same results because now these guys you have guys that are coming from Alabama who are used to, who are playing with NFL caliber players and then you put them on the team without those players. Yeah. And you're saying, "Okay, be good. Win yeah. games for us." The heck of my players. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that to. Yeah, and what that was—that's why, uh, you know, last year you saw the Bengals do so well because they were able to get Jamar Chase in there, and then you had Joe Joe Burrow throwing to a player yeah. that he's familiar with, right? And, and you you see that from time to time where you're able to do that. Uh, but as a whole, yeah, you're exactly right. Until that happens, you can't expect these quarterbacks no. to just come out there and you're gonna have to constantly build around that quarterback. Yeah. Unless you would just want to buy a whole team. Yeah. If you got... Listen. Can we have your whole college team? I know that they're getting paid more in NIL money than I'm going to pay them, but come on now. Yeah. Which, by the way, nobody's even getting that money, but I, I digress. I'm so sick of that. But uh, moving on. Jets beat the Packers 2017. That's the worst home loss <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers has ever suffered there at Lambeau. It also breaks a winning streak, a, a multi-game winning streak that he had going there. You know who I, what I blame that on? Well, just Green Bay's bad. The uniforms. Did you see what they were wearing? No, I did not. It was all green with yellow helmets. Oh, yeah, I did get one I, now that you say trash that. Trash uniforms. I want you to play trash game. But Green Bay's not very good. No, they're not. And they, they screwed they, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they cut one of his legs off and, and told him, now go outside. And now they're beating him with his own leg. Like, yeah, go out and play. <laughs> yeah, like, go have fun. Yeah. That means. But, okay, you think about this. I wouldn't be surprised if he walks away. I wouldn't either. Even though he signed that new deal, he may just say, you know what, this is a bad football team. We're not getting any better. 
But you think about that. Think, think about the quarterbacks that may walk away. Tom Brady, surely, to goodness, man, go home. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, gone. Russell Wilson, maybe. Looks around and goes, uh, guys, uh, I want to go to Dallas. That didn't happen. Well, and, um, and, can I leave now? Yeah, the thing is, times have changed so much that now these quarterbacks, like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, are becoming irrelevant. Sadly, but it's true. They're not even. Yeah, they're, they're relevant to they're not a the, small. But they're not the plate. Like they're not the Super Bowl conversation. No, like not like they used to be five years ago. And this is only five years ago. Those dudes took the field, and you go, "That's a playoff contender." Yeah. Now it's like, okay, we're not talking. We're not talking 10, 20 years ago. We're talking five years ago. That Russell they were, Wilson's home fans walked out on him in a game that was tied going into overtime at his home stadium. Yeah, and so how long will it be? I, I, I'm calling it short. Tom Brady could leave this season if they they should. continue. Yeah, or should continue to get if, if Bucks continue to get worse. Aaron Rodgers after this season may Possibly. say, you know what, sign R. Uh, <laughs> and you know, and then Russ Wilson, whatever he may, as well, if he doesn't stay another year, or go somewhere else. Yeah, does he come to Dallas? Whoa. That's a big conversation. All right. Uh, moving on. I'm going to drop that hint for, for our conversation coming up. Uh, then you've got the Vikings beat the Dolphins 24-16. to They uh, were Tua-less. They were Bridgewater-less. I mean, it's just you know a mess. But I saw where uh, Tua's cleared. He's going to play Sunday. All right. Well, This coming Sunday. Tua Tagovailoa back in the saddle. They Maybe they get, can well, get they it going again. Saddle up. They better saddle up, but maybe they can get that going again. Then you've got uh, Seattle beats Arizona 19-9. Cliff Kingsbury's probably going to get fired. <laughs> I can't imagine him keeping that job. And how dumb does Arizona look for giving that extension to Kyler Murray? That's bad. It's all about I paying my quarterback more than you're paying yours. That's why, but not good. I mean, he's okay. But he's okay, but that's also why Baltimore's not giving an extension yeah. right now to to uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. It's the same caliber type of player. Why would you do that? Baltimore's been smart about it. They've been very, very. Baltimore's smart. waiting on Lamar to blink. They are yeah. like they're they're waiting on him to say, you know what, I, I don't have to have that contract. Yeah. But is he going to say that? No. But how do you... Okay, here's my deal with the... Baker Mayfield's going to be in this situation. How do you justify paying these quarterbacks? The reason why. and Especially after the disaster that was the Deshaun Watson deal and the disaster that is the Kyler Murray situation. Because this is... How do you keep handing out these contracts? You're doing this, and these quarterbacks... The big, the big deal is getting to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl... These guys haven't even done that. Kyler Murray ain't did that, nor have he, has he proven that he could do it. Lamar Jackson hasn't done it. He probably never will. No. Why would you pay these guys all this money and they haven't? And you want a, you should want a Super Bowl, and they're not doing anything to show you that they can get. No. Your t- they can lead the team. They can't even Super get Bowl. close. And so that's why I say that Baltimore is the, being smart about it. And if I was Lamar Jackson, I would I would say, listen, I don't need it because until you can prove. That you can get and lead a team to a Super Bowl and win. It's kind of hard to ask for a yeah. big contract. Yeah, but yeah. Kyler Murray got paid. That's the problem. Kyler Murray got paid. And when Kyler Murray got paid, it convinced all these other guys, well, we don't have to win Jack. Yeah. We just got to man a bunch of money. 
And Kyler, because I'm good. And then we go back to the deal with Kyler Murray about the, the whole video clause. They got taken out. People have kind of overlooked that. We moved on. But he looks like a guy that maybe he doesn't watch video. I mean, he's making decisions that are poor quarterbacking decisions. Arizona should have stood their ground and said, no, we're going to keep it in there. Regardless of what everybody in the media is saying. what the PR looked yeah, like. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to stand our ground. We're yep. going to keep it in there. Uh, let's see. Buffalo beats the Chiefs 24-20. to Uh Patrick Holmes ends that game with a character uncharacteristically bad last few drives. I mean, he yeah. made some poor decisions, had some three outs, had a couple of turnovers. I mean, that's just bad football on his part. But I still expect that could be a very good matchup later on yeah. uh, in the playoffs. I'm excited for that. I was glad to see Buffalo, hey, you, you got the monkey off your back again. You beat them. Let's go. Yeah. You know, that that's a, that's a good... Uh, matchup there. I, I, it was everything I expected it to be. I'll, I'll put it that way. I, 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 I didn't look away going, okay, Kansas City's not a good football team. I didn't think that at all. Yeah. That could have no. gone either way. Yeah, and uh, that's just what I expected between, you know, it, that game especially because, yeah. you know, the way it ended last year for Buffalo against mm-hmm. Kansas City, I, I expected them to come in with a chip on their shoulder. And want to yeah. beat them. Josh Allen yeah. wants to prove, hey, I'm, I'm on and, his level. Yeah. And so, for for Kyler, not Kyler, um, for Patrick Mahomes, you kind of look at that situation and you go, okay, now, is he declining or is this what he's always been? He just had players around him. If he's declining, then you've wasted the best years of one of the better quarterbacks that we'll ever see. Probably, it's, I mean that's I mean the that's fact, just... if 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 that's the if that turns out to be the case that he is on the decline, the fact that he only won one Super Bowl is a tragedy. But it's like Dan Marino; everybody expected him to go back, and he never did. Yeah, and on top of this, you're paying him fifty million a year. Yeah, you gave him that contract. Yeah. And so, for 10 years. But literally, well, actually, though, that's a bargain compared to what you're paying to Sean Watson, what you're paying Kyler Murray. True. And short years, I mean. Yeah, that's what, per, you know, once you average out that deal. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, that's just something, I mean, to consider. Are are we seeing that? I mean, have Kyler, not Kyler, I don't keep saying Kyler Murray, but. Has Patrick Mahomes just always been this type of quarterback? Patrick Mahomes has always been very athletic. I mean, even when he was on bad football teams here in East Texas with White House, even when he was on those bad Texas Tech teams, he was a darn good athlete. I think we are starting to see him, if he's on the decline, he's at least stagnated. He's not getting any better. Uh, And I think that we're starting to see that He's back to being, maybe he doesn't have the weapons around him. He's not able to do some of the things that he was able to do when he was with Kansas City early on in his career. Teams that figured out some things, ways to well, pressure him, force him to do things he's not comfortable it's, doing. It's, it's now he's actually having to be a quarterback. Yes, he's not just the best athlete on yeah, the field. Because you think about it when he had he had Sammy Watkins, uh, Tyreek Hill, he had all those speed receivers. He could throw it up there to anybody. The joke was Tyreek's down there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you have receivers who are route runners, who are just who running the routes getting open. So now you have to check down. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and you had to be a real quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so and that was always my question with him. Anyways, was can he be a real quarterback? I said that even when they win a Super Bowl, yeah. can he be a real quarterback? And now I think you're starting to see that question kind of come to the forefront. Yeah, because for them to be successful, he's going to have to be a real a quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. Period. Yeah. End of story. Uh, moving on to our Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they do fall to the Philadelphia Eagles, twenty six seventeen. Had opportunities to win that ball game. Yeah. Some takeaways from that ball game: one, Dallas is still a good football team. Yeah. Two, Philly is for real. Mm-hmm. Three, any talk about Cooper Rush replacing Dak—that's all out the got, window. That's gone. But this is what I say about that: is it doesn't take away from Cooper Rush because Cooper Rush is still a good backup quarterback. Is with, but it took away that. That, that buzz, yeah. And Jerry Jones should have never even started that. Looking back at it now, I'm pretty sure you say, "I wish I would have just kept my mouth shut." Because now, then you got everybody talking about this QB con- uh, controversy, and it, that was a big question coming into the last yeah. night's ball game. Was hey, if he wins this ball game, can you justify yeah. replacing him with Dak Prescott? Now, having said that, I still stand by what I said last week. That no matter what happened in that ball game, when Dak comes back, you've got to stick to that game plan. You need to run the exactly. football and play I, good I, defense. And I don't Period. disagree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And the thing is, when that happens, you better hope that Kellen Moore has that same mindset. Yes. Because if he doesn't, he's going to crap the season away trying to be fancy. Yes. And But this is the thing. You said this earlier. You have to, like what New York's doing with Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. They're putting, they're doing schemes that makes him be who he is as an athlete, right? Yes. And when that happens, then you can be able to win games. Dallas is trying to make Dak Prescott something that he's not. Well, Dak Prescott is not a top end quarterback. He's a middle of the road quarterback. Well, yeah, he's a fourth round pick quarterback. Yeah, okay. and, and he plays like yeah. That. And well, and that's not say well. Okay, Tom, you, you have the same argument. Tom Brady was sixth round, right? Yeah, but Tom Brady, Tom Brady was always underrated because of where he played. He never, right. he never got the national attention. Okay, and so with that being said, Dallas and you know Daxon, SEC, Mississippi State quarterback. But you got to look at what he did in college. He was a running quarterback. He yeah. ran. A he out athleted a bunch of people. Yes. Team. And so in the NFL, you can't expect him to be that pocket quarterback and just go out and just do fancy stuff. For one, you don't have the offense to be able to do that. No. Dallas's run game is doing great right now. That's all they got. Yes. And then you have a couple of a good group of tight ends that can get open, catch it for you. You have uh, you have CD Lamb, Michael Gallup. But he got dominated last night. Who CD? Uh, uh, Gallup. Oh yeah. He got dominated. Right. But see, okay, so that proves, okay, that the real receiver one is C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb did made a bunch of you know good highlight, good catches, yes. you know, to get them back into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Gallup, I don't understand why. That's what I I I question with Philadelphia and their coaching staff. Why do you double Michael Gallup and not C.D. Lamb? If C.D. Lamb's a wide right receiver one, the one you should really be worried about. Well, because they, you know, but they, they did what they, but there was one play, uh, and I'm trying to think of where they were at on the field, 
And they didn't double Gallup. They single-received him. They put their, their best corner on him. Mm-hmm. And he just got dominated straight up. And for most of the night, I think yeah. they, they left him in singles. But I think it but, was, let's not let Gallup beat us. Let's make them stay inside. Yeah. So, that, But that's the danger. with the. This is why I told you earlier, I was not disappointed with the game. Even though they lost, I was not disappointed. I, I watched that and I said, okay, they can still beat Philadelphia. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I anticipate that being a big matchup if... If you stick to what you can do, right now, if they come out next this coming week against Detroit and they start trying to throw the football and they start trying to get fancy and they start trying to make Dak Prescott something he's not, then we're in trouble. Like yeah. that's just in the story. And uh, uh, but Philadelphia is they they're a good team. They yes. are a really good team. You can't take away from that. Um, only thing I hate about Philadelphia is their fans. I. I yeah, that's, fans, a, that's it's, yeah. That is what it is. Yeah, typical Philly. All right, so let me ask you this: What was your takeaway after the week? This weekend of football, who do you have as the four best teams in football right now? Two from the AFC, two from the NFC. Same as I had last week. But so you had you could you could arguably push the Giants in there. Yes, I think that the Giants are in the conversation. That's yeah. my opinion. So just say the, the the top five. You can push the Giants in there in the in the NFC. Along with the Cowboys and the Eagles, yeah. That's I mean, Washington ain't in there by no. far. Uh, and so and, that's and the, scary the other thing. NFC teams. I mean, you look around the Vikings. Uh, there's just yeah. not a lot of good NFC. So football. right now, those are the top three. And this is big for the NFC East. NFC Tampa East. Bay's not good. No, this is big for the, the NFC is down. Yeah, big for the NFC East because. For many years, for so long, other than the Cowboys being as good as they were these last... It was the NFC least. Yeah, because that was only the Cowboys. And so, this year is interesting because now you have two two teams, maybe three, who are in, who are in Super Bowl talks. That are darn good football yeah. teams. And I still have for the AFC, Chiefs and the, Be- and, and, and the Bills. I almost said Chiefs and the Beefs. <laughs> well, Chiefs well, and the a, Bills, yeah, yeah, I could see that because I, I, I had that being the AFC championship game. Yeah. I, I, whatever that would be, yeah. Yeah, I I see. That's what I see, and, and those out of those two teams, top I, four. I, yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, and uh, it it's just just that easy. Those are the top five. Yeah. Uh, let's see tonight's game. You got Broncos at Chargers. Who you got in that ball game? Chargers. Yeah. L.A. <laughs> Might as well. Okay. Yeah. Not that, that against Russ Wilson. But they're not letting him cook. No. He's not even in the kitchen. No. We get to watch that game tonight together, though. They, they're, they're, yeah. So what? Speaking of cooking in the kitchen, see, yeah. we're, 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 I'm cooking supper. We're doing a breakfast supper. Yeah. So you got biscuits, sausage, sausage eggs, a, eggs. And it depends if I pick anything else. I don't know what else I want to pick. Depends. We'll yeah. see. When we watch Russell Wilson not get to cook. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's uh, eat a bowl of cereal. He's not cooking anything. Bowl of cereal. All right, upcoming games this week. We've already kind of touched on the lines with the Cowboys. Uh, see if the Cowboys can settle down. Do what they got to do to win that ball game. You got the Giants at the Jags. See if uh, Giants can continue their domination. Chiefs at the 49ers. Uh, that'll be a, a, I think, a sneaky good game. A uh, few things to talk about real quick. NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie Anderson gets asked to like gets kicked off the field in the Carolina game. 
I, I don't understand because we're not on the sideline. If you listen to Robbie Anderson, he doesn't understand why it happened. But if you listen to the coach, I mean, he was just being too disrespectful to okay. his position coach. Keep going. It's an interesting thing Shannon Sharp just said about that situation. And I, I, I question, what are you doing in Carolina? Is this more about your interim coach wanting to make a statement that, hey, we're not going to run things the way they've been being run or what? I You know, I... That's why I wanted to So what did Sharp say? Shannon Sharp said, so uh, someone asked him, Unc, what do you think about Anderson and Panthers' situation going on right now? His response to that was, he's not a good enough player to be a problem. All right, yeah. And so... It's not like he's a superstar. Right. And so I just wonder, what are you doing in Carolina? It's like I told you, it, it, it seems as if... They're burning house. It's because they don't have any answers as what to, what they're going to do other than get... Because they're shopping uh, Robbie Anderson right now. Yeah, he's on the trade block. Yeah, and so it's like they're burning house and then they're going to clean up and rebuild. But what are you going to do at the quarterback? Baker Mayfield is not going to be the Not the guy that you... Yeah. Sam Darnold's not going to do it. What are you gonna, maybe you lose your way to Bryce Young. That's the only other way. Or C.J. Stroud. Because, I mean, but, so, okay, then we go back. If you do that, then we go back to that conversation. You have to have players around those guys. Yeah, you're going to have to put them in a position to be successful. Right. And as we know, Carolina doesn't have it. Or do you keep Baker another year? Does he take another one-year deal? And you go get one of those guys. You let Baker be the punching bag one more year. Mm Mm-hmm. And because he's injured develop. now, yeah. so he's out for several games. He's it's not like he's gonna go get a big contract at the end of the year anyways. Right. So maybe you, you let him help those guys develop. Maybe maybe that's where ba- we're at with Baker Mayfield. Maybe Baker Mayfield has become that good stopgap quarterback that every once in a while we may see him in the playoffs. Maybe. Depending yeah. on where he signs. Right. But but maybe that's him. Maybe he's not who we thought he would be. Which I had questions about that anyways. But, I mean, now, really, with the injuries and and just the situation, maybe he's not who we thought he would be. He's just like, okay, when he was at Oklahoma. Yeah. He was that same, he was flashy. He was a flashy quarterback. Yeah. Athletic. Very athletic. Yeah, Lincoln Riley again. Yeah. And and so, you were able to do that. It was the same with Kyler Murray. You were able to see that. But when it gets to the NFL, now you have to see them be actual quarter, actual quarterbacks because it's a different level. You're playing with different athletes. You, yeah. You so you you're forced to be something that you may not be. You know. Yeah. You that's never true. was. <laughs> so that's that's it. Seems like that's starting to come out now. But with Baker Mayfield, I say, man, if you're gonna keep him another year. You could draft a quarterback, but make sure you get a good you you build your offensive line. And you get you maybe a good, uh, I say about two or three receivers, maybe two at the get most. Get you a good running back. Yeah, good running back. That's I think that's going to be key if you're going to keep him another year. Yeah. Is that and a good running maybe back. you can be semi-competitive. I don't know who's going to take that job. Maybe you can be semi-competitive. Yeah. And then if you do uh, draft a Bryce Young or a Stroud or, or a, you know one of the other quarterbacks out there, then maybe you can set yourself up for a future. Right now, it doesn't look like you have one. So you've got to set a plan, stick to the plan, and move forward with that plan. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Deshaun Watson, back in the news. Another lawsuit. Oh, my. 
What? What did he do this time? Same thing. New woman. New allegation. So, so it ain't nothing that he recently can't went out and did. No. This is just okay. Oh my goodness. It ain't <laughs> over. So, no, it's not. So it was made aware of a new lawsuit. Another woman comes out. It was filed, let's see, October thirteenth. What day is this? This is the that's seventeenth. Okay, today's the seventeenth. Yeah, okay, it was it was filed on Thursday, the thirteenth. It's filed in Texas. Oh my uh saying that he attempted to solicit sexually related acts with the plaintiff including intercourse. This filing by Jane Doe comes less than two months after the NFL. This is a uh, report by Madeline Coleman with uh, Sports Illustrated. So this is the new filing details. Okay, that encounter. Uh, during the massage, so this was another massage therapist, okay? Uh, let's see. It happened in a hotel room in 2020. He contacted her via direct message on Instagram, and according to the petition, the two met for a massage at the Houstonian Hotel Club and Spa. Number one, why are you getting a masseuse at a spa? Why are you having to call somebody outside of that to your hotel room? But okay. During the massage, the filing reads that Watson removed his towel and offered to let her get on top. Plaintiff refused to have sex with Watson. However, he was able to pressure her into oral sex with the defendant. He then allegedly paid her $300 when her hourly massage rate was normally 115 It so, gets worse and worse. That was the original report, okay? So here's the NFL's statement. Watson's status remains unchanged. According to NFL sport, spokesperson Brian McCarthy, we will monitor developments in the newly filed litigation and any conduct that warrants further investigation or possible additional <laughs> sanctions would be addressed within the personal conduct policy. This is why the NFL wanted an indefinite suspension, because they thought that there was a possibility that more suits would be filed. Now they're stuck. Yeah, yeah. They might as well just go ahead and figure out the rest of them games. You know, you just stay on out the rest of the year. But my, 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 my ill... ill how far does this have to go before we tell Deshaun Watson, "Listen, you, you're you're gone, like you're done." Okay, so okay, let me because I want to get this straight before I say what I want to say. So she didn't have sex with him. No, he asked her. To. He asked her, and she said no. And he continued to pressure her into oral sex. I pressure how? Ask. Because that's the big difference. Well, they're not coming out and saying yet because it hasn't gone yeah. to trial and whatnot. And but, she's not going to... Here's the other thing. She's not going to settle. So, okay. She's that, not going to be like the other lawsuit. Yeah. She wants this to go to court. Okay. So, if that's the, if that's the case, then maybe there was probably some force. I, I believe that there was. This What well, goes back to, if you'll remember... I said, how do you have sexual assault that's considered nonviolent? Which is what that judge said in her initial right. ruling. Now I think we're starting to get answers as to what they're considering nonviolent sexual assault. Yeah. Because if they don't know, they're not just they're holding off right now and they're just saying pressured. Now, you can pressure somebody like, hey, you know, push them verbally. But if you're pressuring them in the in the physical way, then that there, you have a case. Yes. Bingo, we got action. That with Deshaun Watson 
and all these women, this is the one that did, does not want to settle. Could this be the well, one no, that you just... you still got the others that haven't settled. You he, still have four... This will be the fifth case that he can't settle. The NFL, okay, if that... There you go. So, with that being said, you go ahead and take this season and next season. Browns put themselves in a bad, bad seat for and going to get him. But the NFL's done this. This, but this is what I'm saying. This is why the NFL wanted him indefinitely suspended. Because of this. Because if they indefinitely suspended him, now they could say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and give you a lifetime ban. Yeah. Now he's scheduled to come back and play football this year. <laughs> At what point, though, is the NFL just going to say, we don't need you in our league? Yeah. Because it... It is a. I, I'm all for not being the morality police. I'm. I was outspoken a few weeks ago with the MAU Doka situation that that's none of our business. That's different. That's a consensual affair. This is him making unwanted advances towards women, degrading them, pressuring them, pushing them, all of those things, and then offering them hush money on the back end. This is him doing things he knows is wrong. You know, he wanted to keep yeah. it quiet. He knew. He knew. There was no... What? And he, you know, he, he showed remorse and he didn't show remorse and there's all these questions and, you know, he's going to have to go get help. He needs help, but the last thing on his mind should be, I'm going to play football. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well, because well, I almost said this on the flip side of things. If there wasn't any kind of uh, physical, like you know, action taken to make her do this, then you have someone. Because the first thing I heard when you you said that they met at a at a hotel for this, why would you call anyone? Just like you said, from the outside, if you were already at a spot, why you had to call an outside masseuse? Exactly. He- and then two, if you're an outside masseuse, that and you meet at a spot, why did you even show up? Like why? What? And, and because that's the thing now. And but on her mind, okay, this is an athlete. I'm about to. I'm, he's gonna, gonna pay money. well. Yes. Yeah. And so it was probably out of her mind. You know, in her mind, like there's nothing gonna come out. I'm just gonna go masseuse, get paid, go home. And that's not what happened. Yeah. And so, and with a lot of this, and that's why I say was some of it with Deshaun Watson was probably consensual. Because you get those cases where if one comes out, well, I felt that, but I went with, went along with it anyways. Right. And, and, and there's a lot of gray area. I'm, yeah. I'm, but I'm just saying at this point, he should not be playing professional no, football. Because with this new case, you might as well just go ahead and tell him, don't worry about coming back this season or next season until this either gets cleared or we're going to ban you. And at that point, if you're going to ban... Okay, if he doesn't play this year and he can't play next year, he'll not be in physical shape to play professional football. No. Pay the man his money and, and cut cut bait and move on. Now, the big dummy out of this whole deal is the Haslam family who brought all this upon themselves, got rid of Baker Mayfield, and now what are you going to do at the quarterback position? That's another team that maybe you lose your way to a bright... And, and that's the thing. They need the NFL to decide something. Right, because if the NFL decides he's not going to play, and you do make that decision to pay him off and cut bait, okay, you might can lose your way to a Stroud or a 
uh, a Bryce Younger or one of those other quarterbacks. So, right. I mean, there's a lot of football aspect to that. But just from a, a humanistic standpoint, he should not be playing professional football, period. No. And I'm all for giving people second chances. But there's a lot of this where he's not going to own up to it. There's a lot of this that we don't know about. And you cannot, as the professional foot, the NFL, continue to have these things at the forefront of the news. Right. Because how many others out there? You know, like... That's you, what I ask. Because you go back to his college. Okay, well, this happened when he was in college? And what it Was Dabo Sweeney know? I mean, yeah. that, that, that's what I want to know. Because... How deep does this run? And that's where nobody's asking those questions. Yeah. I'm sorry, because if it was this deep in the NFL, it had to have started sooner. Well, she... Okay, and that's the other thing. The... The judge that originally ruled used the word predatory behavior in her ruling. Mm-hmm. You don't become a predator overnight. That is a that is a and I, we're not but we're not here to be BAU agents or anything like that. But what I, my point is, that's not something that happens overnight. That's something you've developed over time. Right. So if Art Briles got ridiculed for his situation. Why is Dabo Sweeney not getting at least questioned? I, I just don't understand it. But I, I, I thought that that was something that kind of quietly happened. Got a little bit of press, but not a lot of coverage. Yeah. I think mainly because we've kind of moved on from Deshaun Watson. But that's also the genius of the NFL. That happened on a Thursday, right before a Thursday night football game, right before Sunday. It's all timed out to where it's in the news and it's out, and now we've moved on. Yeah. So I, I, I just want to see... Uh, where that leads moving forward. And then you had the Daniel Snyder story. That was another genius thing. So, of all things, you have the, the, the Deshaun Watson deal that makes the NFL look bad. Well, how do we kind of overcome that? We look like the victims. Daniel Snyder, apparently, hires private investigators to investigate the NFL and other owners. Now, Jerry Jones came out day before yesterday and tried to say, well, we're... we're we're still friends. We're still friends. It's it's not that bad. No, he apparently hired an investigator, Jerry. He wants dirt. He wants you gone. Yeah, he friends. He's trying to take you down. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Daniel Snyder needs to be banned. Period. You you got to move on. That yeah. is a dumpster fire situation. But I'm interested to know what does he have on the NFL? And out of all of this, it must be pretty strong because the only thing you leaked out of his correspondence was John Gruden. And John Gruden's the guy who stands to gain a lot from all of this mm-hmm. by saying, I'm not near the worst guy in this situation. Yeah. John Gruden will get a college job at some point. John, He'll never coach in the NFL again, but he will get a college job yeah. out of this. John Gruden was the, the scapegoat. Yeah. Because he was the weakest link. He was the yeah. least one, but they needed somebody to. Let's see, who can we find? Oh, John Gruden. Yeah. But Dan Snyder, man, you, you're willing to burn ship. Even your career. To take everybody else down. That is tremendous. Yeah. And you just say, all right, this is it. This is is how it ends. (laughs) Go jump off the bridge together. Uh, Okay. MLB, uh, San Diego and Philadelphia stun the the baseball world. San Diego upsets the Dodgers. And then you have uh, the Phillies upsetting the Atlanta Braves to the best teams in the regular season. And they lose. That's the way baseball goes. Uh, you know, it's not always about who's best over 162 games. It's who gets hot at the right time, who's got the pitching uh, at the right time. And you're seeing it, especially the National League. 
And then you have Houston, of course, uh, uh, beating uh, Seattle, the Mariners, in extra innings the other night in a 19-inning ball game. Not a surprise there to see them advance. Uh, and, and we've kind of gotten past the cheating scandal with Houston because a lot of those players are gone. You know, yeah. It's not the same group. Uh, you've got Dusty Baker. Everybody wants him to win a, a, a World Series because he's been coaching forever, hadn't done it. That's kind of the one thing missing on his Hall of Fame resume. So we've kind of moved on from that. Uh, you got Game 5 tonight. That may be a better deal than the Monday Night Football game. You got Game 5 tonight, Yankees at the Indians, or, or uh, Indians at the Yankees, I'm sorry. They're yeah. going to be in New York for Game 5, uh, winner take all, and the the winner gets to go play Houston. So, some some good playoff Yan- baseball. Yankees need, Yankees need to pull this one out. Well, it's your New York yeah, that's my that's my Yankees. They need to pull this one out simply to kind of... To top off... If they don't, Aaron Boone's gone. Yeah, because they started out on fire. And, and it's now like they're just... That look, they're tufting at the end, you and know? And Aaron, Aaron Boone made some bad decisions when he could have closed out the series. Uh, his job, I, I, I really believe, is on the line. You've got Aaron Judge, who has a, uh, a record-setting year, and now all of a sudden he can't hit. Yeah. You know, you've got all that money tied up in Giancarlo Stanton, and he's been underwhelming all year long. That, that could become a dumpster fire in New York. You had Aroldis Chapman. You told him to stay home because he didn't want to bother being with the team. Uh, I, that could be a dumpster fire. So we'll see how game five goes tonight. And uh, a lot of good good sports to be played. And then you're getting ready for the basketball season. This is a good time for a sports fan. Yeah. College football, professional football, baseball playoffs, basketball starting up. Yep. Man, it's, it's it's this is the time of season where everything is heating up, you know. And so, I mean, if you're if you're a sports fan, man, this is where you get to, you know, after you come home from work or anything, you get to unwind. relax and unwind and watch some good sports. And I believe tonight with the Yankees and the Indy uh, the Indians will be a good game to watch. Almost probably as better as the Denver. And the uh, Denver and well, the. I, uh, I may go ahead and warn you while we're eating supper, we're gonna be flipping back and forth. I. I it's my I, Yankees playing, so yeah, I want to see what they're going to do. We're not going to settle man. in on the Monday night football game. I, <laughs> yeah. I think they could get gross really yeah. quick. And so, yeah, hey, tonight's a good night for sports. Um, I don't know who's play, if anybody's playing in the NBA tonight. Well, it's still preseason. Yeah. I, I'm not a big preseason basketball guy. Me neither. Me neither. And the Lakers are still down. So, uh, And that Draymond Green situation is still kind of simmering over there with Jordan Poole. How do you drop punch a guy and don't get suspended, though? By your own team. They left it in the hands of the organization, probably. But they did, but I'm saying the organization said, yeah, we're not gonna, we're just kind of Because fine. they're probably looking at, it's Draymond. <laughs> you yeah, know, if he it was does anybody like, else, he gets suspended. Yeah, it, it, he does stuff like this all the time. It's just, it's one sucker punch. You know? <laughs> just one. Yeah, it's just one. He's The guy's back up walking, he's okay. playing. Yeah, he'll be okay. Yeah. Jordan, you're okay, right? Yeah, yeah okay. Moving he on. apologize, man. Shake hands. They're good. <laughs> Going with the season. We'll but, see. <laughs> that's, that's, but you're LA Lakers. Yeah, that's not no. going to be a good season for them. No. Hey, talk, this, about, talk about lack of parity. I mean, it's kind of that's going to be evident in the NBA too. It's not like there's I, a lot of great okay. basketball. Yeah, from from what I've seen from the Lakers, uh, when I did watch one of their games when they played uh, Minnesota, I believe. Mm-hmm. I seen a better, a little bit better defense. Like their defense is getting better. They brought Schroeder back, Schroeder back, who is a better, 
who's a good defensive player. You're going to have to play defense. Yeah, Pat Beverly's a good defensive player. And so and then Anthony Davis. So you've seen their yeah, able- but remember AD and LeBron get to play with Patrick Beverly. Yeah. That's and that's and that's the thing. So there was a lot of <laughs> He's that, not playing with them. No. They're playing with him. Pat Beverly I, I will say, and if they could ever get that chemistry, they'll be good. If they can get it down low, I still don't know about Russell Westbrook. I was gonna ask. I mean, where I are we headed? Like is he gonna get traded or not? He's still not showing anything. It, you would wish for him to get back to the old uh Westbrook. You would wish. But I'm LeBron not seeing anything. Pulls a time ready, uh, guys. Uh, I think I'm gonna leave. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'll go start that team in Las Vegas. But now. so that's the thing. Russell's not doing. He's not the point guard you're looking for. You have to. There's another guy they got that was from uh, Miami or San Antonio. One. I can't think of his name right now. But he's doing good. They're they're starting to make more shots in the in the paint like they should have done last year and they weren't doing. They're doing that now better. Uh, their defense is getting better and they're re- rebounding better. Well, we'll see if all that sticks in the right. Yeah, and that's a, that's the that's the big thing if it sticks. Yeah, does, does it's a big if, if. Will LeBron be patient? Will Will AD do what he's yeah. supposed to do and accept his role in the team? Will Patrick? You know, it, a lot of questions. Yeah. A lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, but but a good time for sports because everything's kind of it's it's like a stew. See, you know, you put everything into a stew. And yeah. Cook. Yeah, that's kind of what we're doing with the yeah. sports world right now. Everything's boiling. Some of it's boiling. It's just getting started, but some is already reaching that climax part. Yep. Uh, a good time to be a sports fan because you can kind of hop around, watch some some good yep. sports all, all the way around. Yep. All right. Well, had another good show. Uh, we're going to have a good time tonight, even though I lost a bet. <laughs> and I uh, you, hope that you have a good rest of your week. Be looking for content Friday. Uh, be looking for content Saturday. Mm-hmm. Remember to get on uh, good old sports underscore East Tex on uh, TikTok. What yes. are, uh, are we the same? What are we on Facebook again? Um, good old sports. It's just good old sports. So good old sports on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, also, be sure and give some love to our partnership with uh, Tri County Press. Yes. On her page, Miss Sonia Woods does a great job providing some coverage of. Just various things over there. So want to be sure and uh, show her some love on her page. I mean, man, what what a a, a great time. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're excited, and we're excited to see what the rest of the football season holds, what some other things hold uh, moving forward in the sports world. So, <laughs> so y'all go have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next Monday.